Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Battle Round. The final edition of the Battle Round. Kinda. Sorta. Kinda, sorta. Kinda, sorta. The final edition of the Battle Round as it stands today. Um, I have worked something out with Pressbox. Oh. Where this the, is news to me. I haven't the, heard this before. Oh, it's, 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 it just transpired just like yesterday. Um, the battle round will, will still exist in a different way. Okay. Um, we're still working out the kinks of what it's going to look like, but it'll still be on Saturdays, not a two-hour show. Okay. And I'm going to be doing it remotely. Um, and that's all I'm willing to say about it right now. But... Um, I didn't want to stop doing the show. They didn't want me to stop doing the show. Sure. Um, but we had to find a way to do it differently. Um, because the as my career gets more and more traction, as my uh, personal life with my daughter on the way um, gets closer and closer to me being a father, um, the, the, there's just not enough time to do everything. Um, but I love this. And I still want to do it. So there's still going to be an opportunity for me to do it. Glad to um, hear that. Glad yeah, to hear that. Yeah, just a, a, a little bit different. So it's the final edition of the two to two and a half hour show on Saturday mornings um, where we have, you know, two or three guests a show. Yeah. That's coming to an end. But this will still be around with the same name, with the same host. Um, and that's all I can really say about it for now. So, but uh, this is Zach's final show. Um, I will never see him again after never, today. No, I'm just it's, gonna it's, disappear. Well, well, and that's the thing, man. <laughs> it, it's I'm we're still gonna be friends. We're still gonna um, interact. But if you've ever worked anywhere with somebody and you become friends, and then one of you ceases to work there anymore, mm -hmm. the friendship kind of dwindles. Um, not that I, not that I'm going you, to, you, it sounds like you, no, I'm kidding. No, not, Go not ahead. that I'm going to allow that to happen, but it's just, it's a, it's just a, a fact of life. You know, you're, sure. well, yeah. you're yeah. down in DC. I'm up in Hartford County. You've got your own thing going on. I've got my own thing going on. We'll still talk. We'll still talk about baseball. We'll still find a way to play golf every now and again. For sure. But we've seen each other basically every weekend for three and a half years. Yes. Right. For four Orioles seasons, uh, essentially. And that's coming to an end. So it's only natural that we will become distant but we'll always be friends um but go after yourself so <laughs> well <laughs> um that's but, a way to, but that's a way to say it i am i am very sad for the fact that that that, that this is um it for us as co-hosts and one of the reasons that the show as it stands is coming to an end um is because of the fact that like if zach weren't going anywhere we wouldn't be ending the show um and i don't begrudge you for that in any way, shape, or form. The fact of the matter is it would be very, very difficult. We, we, we had a perfect storm uh, with Zach coming on. It was um, somebody who was willing to give basically four hours of, the, of every Saturday when you calculate you know, how long it takes to do the show, what, how long it takes to get here and to get home. It's basically four hours. It was a long way in the beginning, being in yeah. Baltimore, and uh, yeah, it, it took a while to get yeah. there. <laughs> so now, you know found somebody who was willing to do that, who was knowledgeable about baseball, who had a good rapport with me, and who became my friend. I, I didn't think it was going to be possible to find that much chemistry a second time. Yeah. And so I, I wasn't willing to do that search. Um, and it just felt like a good time to step away or at least take a step back from the show as it currently stands. Um, so there's no begrudging. There's no um, any kind of animosity or anything like that. It, it, the timing is right. The timing is right. I, I think it makes sense on both sides. Um, 
when I originally talked to you about this, say, I, I again, we all know you have a, a baby on the way. That's going to make things difficult. So I think it makes sense for both of us. And I'm glad you could work something out. I'm very yeah. happy to hear that. I know this is this means a lot to you and, and what you want to keep doing. And, and that's, that's going to be great. Um, you are probably... I don't know, top three most invested people I know in Orioles baseball. <laughs> you love to talk it, so I'm glad you'll keep getting the chance to do that. I saw you tweet this morning, uh, I miss Orioles baseball, and that guy just <laughs> went after you in the comments. That was great. Yeah. That was a good way to start I, I, the day. I, I, was a, I was about, apparently not everybody wants me to keep doing this. Like, all I said was, <laughs> I miss Orioles baseball. And the guy just responds. Yeah. Like, he, he just woke up. Angry, violent angry yeah. like just he just responds why so you can be irrationally angry about who's hitting seventh and gave me 86 of 162 yeah. Yeah. and i did all i said back was who hurt you who hurt you did he respond to that <laughs> he did he said you, you and uh at thirst round pick who's um oh, okay. uh mike latham mike latham that's a guy i went to high school with tom latham latham doesn't sound like a latham sounds like a body part well, that's his last name. Oh, interesting. Okay. I mean, Goodman sounds like a candy bar, or like yeah. a, or a guy who played Roseanne's husband on Roseanne, <laughs> you know, or the babe. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> I guess. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Valley, it's like a a a a, yeah. a, a, a place that, like a geographical thing, you know. Anyway, weirdness. By the way, um, if, if you if you end up having another kid down the line, are they going to be Paul Valley the fourth? That's the plan. That's the plan. I'm pretty sure. Like I've I've spoken with my wife about this several times. Okay. And she seemed on board with it <laughs> until I mentioned it again when we first realized that she was pregnant. Yeah. And she said to her mom, I don't want to talk about it. Hmm. Which okay. was like, what? Uh-oh. <laughs> what? Conflict. But anyway, we're having a daughter. We're still a ways away from a second child. We don't even have the first one yet. Who, by the way, is the size of a coconut today. They That's, said- How they, is that bigger than a head of lettuce? That's the same size. It's bigger. Really? You got to think that she's folded up. Well, she's right. not like elongated <laughs> yeah, I, I, right now. She's, I know she's not just standing she's, up. She's a fetus. Yeah. And like folded up like a bean. Yeah. So like. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. But they, the, the, what, they, what they've said that she is, they said that she should be 3.2 pounds right now. She was 3.5 pounds last Friday. Oh, okay. So she's bigger than a coconut. Exponentially growing. Yeah, man. She's like the size of a small boulder or something. I don't know. Small that. boulder. <laughs> I don't know. Like Maybe she's the size of a football. I don't know. Um. Neither here nor there. Maybe, but anyway, um, I told and I told this guy I was like, "You clearly have an agenda, man, and I'm not here for it." I was like, "You be a fan your way, I'll be a fan my way," and and always remember, you don't have to follow me. Yeah. Like, well, why, why do you follow me unless you just want to pick a fight with me? Well, that's most people on Twitter. Like, that's most people. They they follow you, and it's like, why, why would you even want to interact? There is there is one person that I follow. And for some reason, I don't want to pit. I, I I just don't feel like getting. He seems like a very bad person to make an enemy out of. Okay. And he's very well known and very well hated in this in in this area. But he seems like somebody who would be petty. You know what I mean? I think I have an idea who you're talking about. You probably do. Yeah. Um. And I follow him because he follows me. He's been on this show before. And, and oh, like, then I, I definitely do. Yeah, I don't agree with anything he says ever about <laughs> sports. And I realized this over the last three years. But uh, I just I don't unfollow him because like I just don't feel like like starting a fictional war in my head. Yeah. But um, like like guys, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I love the Orioles. You do. You may not think that I do because I am critical of them when I feel like they deserve criticism. Yeah. Sorry, that's part of the gig. 
I love the Orioles. It is my first love, my yeah. biggest passion, um, to up till recently. And I will. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here, and I'm going to have be a fan and have an opinion for ever. Well, I think you see the reaction. Hold on, I'm not done. Okay, go ahead. If you don't like it, mm-hmm. you don't have to hear me. You don't have to see me. You don't have to listen to me or even know that I exist. There is an unfollow button. There is an unfollow don't button. Don't effing follow me. But if you do, STFU. Yeah. Be- because I'm not going to stop. You don't like it. Deal with it. Well, the funniest thing to me is when you go on to like a, a podcast on YouTube and you look at the comments, and someone's like, "This is the worst podcast ever. I can't believe I'm watching this." And people that respond to it, and they're like, "Well, then why are you? Like, why are you here?" And then they'll find they'll find that they like subscribe to the podcast or something. It's so funny. They're like, "This is the worst thing ever. I hate this." It's the same thing with NFL players or, or baseball players or whatever it is. They'll go, you know, fans who follow the player will go on and go, "You're the worst thing ever. You're terrible. You can't cover to save your life." Stuff like that. So yeah, it's just Twitter. That's and, and, just and, Twitter. And, and here's the thing, man. If you're going to attack me for simply saying I miss Orioles baseball, that's yeah, it's Dude, it, you're miserable. It got a laugh out of me though. I got I got to say. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was it was the most ridiculous <laughs> response ever. Yeah, it was you're funny. you're miserable, man. Like that's why I said who hurt you cuz I'm like it's like the, it's like y- the- <laughs> you were like you are unhappy. It's like the guy who I'm not going to name that used to come on our show, and he does it all the time on Glenn's show, too. He comes on and just trolls, and he just makes fun of people. You know, he'll make fun of us. He'll make fun of the guests. And mm-hmm. just. For, and I'm like, dude, you're here on a Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. For what reason, then? Go pick an <laughs> apple or, <laughs> like, go, or, or, or go to a pumpkin uh, go to a pumpkin field or a pumpkin patch or <laughs> an apple orchard. Or, you know, yeah. go see an early movie. It'd be like six fifty instead of grass. $15. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, go lay on a, on a grassy hill and look up at the Funny clouds, man. Find anything better to do. And, and I'll t- it'll probably make you feel better. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, man, misery loves company. And yes. these people that choose to do this... Are just so unhappy, right? And right, so right, right. miserable, and frankly pathetic. It's like you, you are so unhappy with your life, and you feel like such crap about yourself yeah. that you have to try and drag anybody else down. Paul Valley sitting over but that's here, Twitter. That's just what missing it is. Orioles baseball. Oh, let me get after him for that. Let me wake up on a Saturday uh, morning, get out of the left side of the bed instead of the right side of the bed, and set and and choose violence. Choose violence. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can only imagine how these people act around their bosses. Like, do they talk like this to people they work with and stuff like oh, that? Oh, dude, this like, dude's a bitch. I'm like, <laughs> like, for like, it's the last show. Oh, man. Whatever, whatever. Like, like, let's be real about this for a second. If there's a fine, I'll pay it. Like, let's be, let's fine. Let, let's be real about this yeah. for for a second. This dude would never ever act like this in front of me. Probably and if not. he did, he wouldn't like the result. Like. Like, and I don't like to 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 use the term keyboard cowboy because I think that gets thrown around a lot. But that's what he is. I like keyboard warrior more. Warrior yeah. makes more sense. Well, you know, either way. Yeah. You know, well, he's gunslinging, man. He's gunslinging. He's gunslinging. Um, you should be gunslinging. Yeah. By going to get a Toyota Tacoma, which comes in a range of models and trim lines that you can choose. Uh, to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. So check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Hopefully they don't get, they don't get mad at me for straight up calling somebody a B-word. It just came out. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. Well, We've had people accidentally drop the F-bomb on the show. Yes, we have. So I think you've accidentally dropped no, the F-bomb. No, not once. No? Not once. You, really? You accused me of that one time. I heard it once, yeah. The, yeah, I, and mm. we went back and checked the tape, and I did, did not we? say it. Yes, we did. I did not say Pulled it. Pulled out it's, the receipts. Yeah. Um, I have never right. dropped an F-bomb on any show. Not even not even shows that I hosted on YouTube by myself have I ever dropped an F-bomb because it makes you lack... Um, there's a certain niche for that. That's not my niche. There are certain yeah. people who are established who can do that, like Barstool. I'm not that. Well, that's kind of Barstool's whole brand, though. Exactly. That's, that's not, not Pressbox's and, brand. And that's not my brand. And up until recently, that, that I was trying to build my brand and be a, be a prominent figure in sports until I realized the money just wasn't there. Uh, look behind the fourth wall here for a second. Um, but... Uh, uh, to build your brand, you can't do it by, by cursing like that. So I choose yeah, fair not to. Um, Orioles news. Orioles. Um, Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman, they win Silver Sluggers. Anthony Santander expectedly missed out. Um, they're the first Orioles teammates since Chris Davis, J.J. Hardy, and Adam Jones in 2013 to win Silver Slugger awards. Only the sixth time in franchise history that the team has had multiple winners in the same year. And they've only been giving them out silver, silver, silver sluggers since 1980. Um, That's and- something that's shocking to me, by the way. I was doing an Immaculate Grid once, and Silver Slugger was in there. And I pulled out, like, Ted Williams, I think. And I was like, I had no idea that that award was so new. Yeah. But it is. If, and the weird thing is, it's not new, because it's 43 years old. But 1980 right. doesn't feel like it was 43 years ago. No. You know? I mean, I wasn't alive, but no. Neither was I. I guess you weren't either, yeah. That's how, that's how old 1980 <laughs> yeah, is. I wasn't yeah. alive, and I'm almost 40. Um, Adley and Gunner in lockstep together to start their careers. Adley drafted with the first pick in the first round, and Gunner Henderson drafted with the first pick in the second round in 2019. They both de- make their Major League debuts in 2022. They both um, play their first full seasons in 2023 and both win their first full, their first Silver Sluggers. In 2023, they are in lockstep. Um, and we're going to talk with Stan a little bit about this today. Where, I mean, you have to look at that Orioles draft as one of the most successful, and it's early, but it's looking like it could end up being one of the most successful drafts in franchise history. It's akin to, it could be akin to drafting Jonathan Ogden and Ray Lewis with the first two picks in the in the Ravens franchise history. I don't know if it's that impactful, well, but, but uh, these, if they both make the Hall of Fame, yeah, well, it that's, is. That's fair, and and these guys are on a very good track to start their career. You look at uh, Gunnar Henderson, kind of outpacing Rutschman offensively this year, and and that's probably something that two years ago no one would have ever predicted. Adley Rutschman, well, number one overall pick, but he's a catcher. Simple, yeah. As simple as that. He's they're different players. Like they're, yes, they're, they're, yes. They're, they're different. Their offense is different styles. Adley's right. style is... He's just going to get on base more. He's going to get on base more. He's yeah. going to get more base hits. Right. Gunner's got that, 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 that long... It's not long because he's got a nice compact swing. He does. But he's got that home run swing. It's very explosive. And, and, and yeah. so, so does Adley. But Adley's also got like that big winding uppercut. He you, does. You know, you'll see it where it looks like a windmill. Yeah. When, when, and when, when he connects, it, it goes. You know, um, it's they're just Gunner just hits the ball so damn hard. He does. He uh, like when he makes contact, it's it's you hear that sound resonate and, in the stadium. And I don't think that twenty eight home runs is a very good reflection of Gunner's power. 
Keep in mind, I that, think that he can have a lot more than that. He didn't get going until right June, a month, right? really a month and a half after the the season started. He got going, yeah, maybe even longer. I don't remember, but I mean, he he, he had when I was on the Locked On Orioles podcast with Connor Newcomb a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about it was like May thirteenth. Okay, um, his average dropped to like one seventy eight or something like that, or May twelfth, and then like the next day he started a nine game hitting streak. Yeah, but when he really took off was like June first. Right. Um, I think Gunner's going to hit forty home runs in a season. Uh, I, I I think that's there's very little doubt. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think he's going to be a forty homer guy. I think he's going to be a perennial all star. I think he's going to be an MVP winner, if not a multi time. Very well, could M- be MVP winner. Um, we'll have to get the OBP up a bit. I mean, but he see, but he he you, will he will. And and again, that two fifty five batting average, and I think what three twenty five on base was yeah. it? That's most likely uh, stemming from the fact that he had two bad months. Yeah. Well, and the fact that well the bat the on base percentage was up there. Um, yeah, he was among the lead leaders in walks through the first month it's of true. the season, and then he, because he wasn't being aggressive at the plate, when he became more aggressive, You're the right. walks went down, but the hits, the power, the production went up. You're right. He was at 360 OBP at one point because yeah. he was walking so much, but mm-hmm. the his batting average was like 220 at that yeah, time. Not, Maybe it, less. It wasn't less. even 220, yeah. man. It, it, he was he didn't get over 200 to stay until right. like mid. You're right. You're right. You're right. So yep. yeah, I know. You, you, you know, <laughs> I love to hear it. You know, well, but, I'll say it more often then. Um. Yeah, for the rest of this show, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, Gunner and Adley off to a tremendous start with their careers, and it's and it's crazy because Gunner's offensive profile should be better than Adley's. Mm-hmm. Adley plays a more demanding position. Adley is every bit the number one overall pick as a catcher for sure. He is sure. every bit of that. An on base percentage of what three seventy eight. 20 homers, 80 RBIs, a four-and-a-half win player, gold-glove caliber defense. The arm needs some work. Yeah. You know, the arm yeah. the arm is better than what it looked like this past year. Definitely. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that the Orioles have some pitchers that are just terrible at holding guys. Right. I mean, you look right. at Tyler Wells, um, Yenier Cano, and um, Felix Bautista. You're looking at three guys who are 6'6 six, six or taller and have high leg kicks from the stretch, they're not holding anybody on. Right. You know, um, but, so a lot of it had to do with that. But, uh, just tremendous starts to both their careers. And that's one of the reasons I miss Orioles baseball is when you, when you think about that. Sure. And you think about what could be coming. And, you know, one of the things that I miss that I, um, I'm gonna, like, hate in a month is when they inevitably do nothing at the winter meetings. Right. Right. You know, when, when it's like, I, the people that think that they're gonna do something, you're not paying attention. Like, and, and, yeah. let's, and let's get into this. I, I hate to say that, but it's true. Mike Elias at the uh, general manager meetings this past week said the Orioles are pretty set with position players and will put most of their focus on pitchers in the offseason. Look, the Orioles had a good offense, but they are a, they're, they're a bat away. And it's weird to say that about a team that's a, that won 101 games. Yeah. But a 3-4-5 a, a, a hitter that's... Ryan O'Hearn, Anthony Santander, Ryan Mountcastle, or you know, supplement one of those first basemen with with Austin Hayes. Mm-hmm. You need a thumper. You do. You, you need do. somebody to hit in the middle of that order that doesn't strike out with as much frequency. Right. That puts the ball in play more. That pr- like, like look, Anthony Santander is a thirty homer guy. Mm-hmm. Ryan Mountcastle is a thirty homer guy. But neither one of them get on base enough, and Santander no. got on. It gets on base better, but but he's a five hitter. Yeah, he is a five hitter. 
Ryan Mountcastle's a six hitter. Somebody should be hitting fourth in right. that lineup that imposes fear. And I don't need it to be Aaron Judge. I don't no. need it to be Shohei Otani. All right, but like JD Martinez, that's who I was clamoring for last year. Would make a lot of sense. That makes a lot of, but it it wouldn't for the Orioles because they want that versatility, right? Right. They, they, it's tough. He that's is tough. a DH only. Juan Soto. You know? <laughs> I'm Juan, gonna keep saying it. Juan Soto would be the perfect. He would be the perfect fit. Fit. You get one arm. Just I I guess like a three or four pitcher, probably, and you get Juan Soto. And that's all you do in the offseason. I am ecstatic about that. I yeah. am so happy with that. Yeah. Juan Soto's that dude where you bat him fourth. I know he hits two or three in every lineup. Yeah. He's that guy for me where it's like, who's going to be batting leadoff for you this year? It's probably going to be Gunner. Probably going to be Gunner. Then you're going to have Adley two. batting second. I can live with Santander third. Yeah. If you have Juan Soto batting fourth. Actually, I'd go opposite of that. I'd go Soto three. And, uh, well, I guess... Well, but then you have Anthony Santander. So you get left, left, or left switch, left switch, mm-hmm. if you do that. Yeah. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean, but and then you're also going to have Jackson Holiday. Maybe Jackson Holiday bats, bat, is your right. leadoff hitter. And then you have Adley second, Gunner third. You, you go left, switch, left, left. And, and there are... I get... Well, I'm not a big matchup guy. I think there I'm are not just, either. I think there are just some guys... That you play every day. I think you play your best players for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I look, agree. look, look at the Texas Rangers, mm-hmm. right? Who played first base for the Texas for the Texas Rangers? Low, low. Yeah, N- low. N- N- Nate Low. Yeah, N- 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 is it, it Low or Low? It's Nate Low because it's, Bra- it's Brandon Low. It's Bra- yeah, Nathaniel Nate Low. Low. You're right. You're right. Who played second base for the Texas Rangers? Semyon. Yep, for the most part. Who played third base for the Texas Rangers? Uh, young, but he was hurt for a good part of the year. But it was like a month. Yeah, okay, like six okay. weeks. Yeah, who played shortstop for the Texas Rangers? Corey Seager. It's a pretty damn good infield. Who played right field? Uh, Adolis. Adolis right Garcia. Field? Yeah. Okay. Who plays center field for them? What? Who Who plays? I mean, <laughs> now who plays center field for them? I'm drawing a blank on Evan who? Carter. Okay, Evan Carter. I guess. Okay, but not really. I guess, who, yeah. Who's their catcher? Yeah. Uh, Heim. Jonah Heim. You can name eight yeah. of nine positions yeah. that have everyday players. It's true. And that's their position. And then Tavares is the other guy in that lineup, I believe. Yeah, and they, they have Robbie Grossman. Robbie um, Grossman. You know, um, who, that, who batted third in game one against the Orioles. Yeah, and, he, believe, and right? he had a double in his first yeah, at bat. Yeah. Um, Robbie Grossman should never hit third anywhere. But, you know, <laughs> he should not. But, you know, there, there he was, and yeah. there he was producing. Um, the bottom line is that. The team that won the World Series, the team that won the World Series last year, everyday players at specific positions. Right. To me, like, look, if you want to, if you want to have Jordan Westbrook play second base, Gunner play shortstop, and um, Joey Ortiz play third base one day, and then the next day it's Gunner at third, Jackson Holiday at shortstop, and <clears throat> Westbrook at second, or it's Second base is Jackson Holiday's position five days out of six, and on that sixth day he plays shortstop with Gunner moving over to third and Westberg. If those three guys, if it's Westberg, Holiday, and Gunner mm-hmm. every day, I don't care who plays where because they're all good players, mm-hmm. but they're in the lineup every day. Yeah, right. Uh, to me, Anthony Santander 
left, I mean right field or DH every day. Yeah. Heston Kerstad, right field or DH yeah. every day. One thing I'll say though, I think it's a huge mistake if the Orioles go into this offseason saying, okay, Heston Kerstad or Jackson Holiday is going to be that, that thumper you're describing. Because it's possible, but it's not likely right. that that I, happens I, right I, off the I, bat. I don't think that you, sh- you can depend on... I, and nobody's ever going to look at Jackson Holiday is a thumper. No, they're never, gonna look ne- at Jack. I think he'll hit twenty, maybe thirty home runs yeah, in a year when, yeah. when he gets going. But he's gonna be that contact guy who just gets on right. base. And Heston Kerstad is more of that profile. But again, you can't depend on that right now. No, you can't. You have to let him prove that he's at. Until then, you have to plan for that. Right. Okay. Um. So I don't think that they should say we're set offensively. We're set with position players. You're not. You don't have a prototypical cleanup hitter. Ryan Mountcastle looked like he might be turning into that guy, and then he swung his way into a slump again to end the year. Yeah. All right. Now then, when asked about acquiring an ace, Mike Elias said, there are a lot of teams going for it this offseason, and so I think saying we have to acquire an ace this winter is setting ourselves up for possible disappointment. That's <laughs> setting us up for disappointment. He's basically saying it's not going to happen. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's why when he posted that, I, I posted an eye-rolling um, meme. But this is what Mike Elias seems to do. He just disappoints you. And, and many of the times he talks, he's very disappointing in the way he presents things. He, his boss is John Angelos. Yeah, yeah that's true. I mean, he's... It, S, S rolls downhill. Yeah, it's just unfortunate that he has to go out there and say things like that right now before anything has actually happened yet but yeah again you, you said it before you're they're probably going to go in the winter meetings and we'll hear oh they're interested in this guy like they're interested in and then that, Gr- pu- and I, that guy signs with the cubs right he's oh, they're interested in sunny gray well then we're going to hear that sunny gray wants 200 million dollars and the orioles won't get close at 35 years old he's not getting 200 i don't know million. he was I, I, really I, really good this year yeah but he's, he's gonna get overpaid he's he's 35 and i yeah i think that Three years, anywhere from sixty-six to seventy-five million, is likely. And I think I think the Orioles should be willing to do that. I don't know that they are five and a half WAR player this year, though. He's yeah. going to get paid. I, I think you're probably right on the lower end, but I, I think a hundred million is definitely possible. I don't. Um, he also said team could benefit from an upgrade to our rotation. Somebody that projects for the front half of the rotation would be wonderful. Would be wonderful. But the previous statement was. Saying we have to acquire an ace this winter is setting ourselves up for possible disappointment. Right. You need somebody because look, Kyle Brash and Grayson Rodriguez, they have ace makeup. We think they're mm-hmm. gonna be really, really good for a really long time. But you can't just put that on them right now. Right. You've got to have somebody who you know is that right. lockdown ace. Maybe you can with Kyle Bradish. I don't think you can with Grayson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean we we saw that, and I know we got a call stand. We got, we'll, we'll give him a call in a minute. Um You've got to have somebody that can step into that rotation, that can be that leader. And I'm not talking about Kyle freaking Gibson, <laughs> all right? I'm talking Poor about Jordan Montgomery or Sonny yeah. Gray or trade for Dylan Cease, you know, a guy who has been a Cy Young candidate right. in the past who probably just needs to change the scenery. Any of those players make Cor- your team exponentially better. Corbin Burns. Somebody can be had yeah. at the top of that rotation that you're not going to have to spend five years, $150 million on. Yeah, there will be someone. There's got to be somebody, and I think it's coming in the trade. I actually think Dylan Cease is very likely. I think Dylan Cease, out of all of those guys, I don't see Corbin Burns moving because the, the Brewers seem to have mended ties with him, and, and the Brewers were better this year. They got back in the playoffs again, so I, I don't know if I see him moving. I, it, it's really hard to project all this, um, yeah. but I, I look at I look at Dylan Cease and I say, okay, the White Sox are really bad this year. They're probably going to be going through a little bit of a retool phase. Dylan Cease could get them a lot, 
and they're going to know that. Yeah. Now, um, Mike Glass also said they want someone with closing experience. Jake Rill, who covers the team for MLB.com, said Josh Hader is unlikely, but somebody like Aroldis Chapman, Craig Kimbrell, yeah. David Robertson, or Hector Neris could fill the bill, could fit the bill. I don't have much faith in Craig Kimbrell at this point in his career anymore. No. Aroldis Chapman, I would rather cut my own head off with a butter knife than, wa- than <laughs> yeah. watch Aroldis Chapman pitch for my team because he is a piece of human garbage. A butter knife. Um, David Robertson, I wouldn't mind him. He's he's a he's right. effective. Hector Neris, I don't know anything about him. No, I, be honest. I don't either. I don't know. Uh, David Robertson, though, played on a lot of competitive Mets teams and other F- other franchises. Phillies, Phillies. Yankees, yeah. White Sox. He's he's been that guy. He's been he's been competitive and baseball for a while. He came back too early from Tommy John surgery mm-hmm. and was ineffective. And ended up, I think he ended up pitching overseas for a little bit. Maybe. And then he came back and was really effective again when he had had the appropriate yeah. time to recover. That that seems like an Orioles move to me. Yeah, that seems like an Orioles move. Earldest Chapman. I don't think that's happening. I would hate uh, it. I, yeah, I, 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 I can't. I would, I would root for an injury. Like, yeah. I, I, like I don't want a bad guy. I don't, I don't want to cheer against anybody on the Orioles. I would have to root for an injury for him, so I just wouldn't have to watch him pitch. Because I would hate to have him come in in a in a situation to to hold a lead and have to sit there wanting him to do good. Right. Because I hate him. Right. With a passion. Yeah. Not Call a good Stan. guy. Call Stan. Today's show brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show, which is back for season three. Hopefully, Tyus Bowser's back soon. Tyus and his special guests will join Glenn and Rita all over town throughout the season, giving you the chance to get the inside scoop and rub elbows with your favorite players. The Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia and is brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. For more information, visit PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. Next Tyus Bowser Show is this. This Tuesday, next Tuesday, November 21st at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. Because this Tuesday is the 14th. So it's the following Tuesday. Joining us now for his weekly segment, he is Stan the Fan Charles. Stan, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, Paul. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, off to a to a uh, rousing start here today. Uh, Orioles in the news. They have two Silver Slugger Award winners stand. And this is kind of what we projected last week. Gunnar Henderson wins it for the utility position. Adley Rutschman wins it for catchers. Of course, as we thought, as we assumed, Anthony Santander falling short um, for the outfielders. And you look at this, Stan, and you look at the beginning. Who won? So, so Hunter Henderson won it as a utility player. Who was the uh, third baseman or shortstop? Um. I, I, I don't know. I didn't pay attention to who okay. won it. Um but okay. but he was okay. he was the utility candidate and, and he won it. Um okay. yeah, I think that he was going up against like um was it Brandon Drury? Um Seeger short probably. I probably I would imagine that Seeger wanted it short and that um Marcus Simeon yeah. wanted it second base. And I can't, I, I maybe Raphael Devers at third base, I'd imagine. Um Okay. Okay. Um but with Adley and Gunnerstan, they both they they both were drafted back-to-back for the Orioles in 2019. They both debuted in 2020. They both win Silver Sluggers in their first full seasons in 2023. It's still really early to say. Um, They have a long career ahead of both of them, hopefully. But could 2019 be one of the greatest drafts in franchise history when you look at the career paths of both of these players? Well, I think it sure stands out as an incredible draft. I mean, it... uh very reminiscent of what Ozzie Newsom did when he got uh, Jonathan Ogden and Ray Lewis. Uh, you know, it's uh, very similar to that. So I don't think there's any question. I don't think it's too early to project that it's one of the greatest drafts, if not the greatest draft in club history. Now, Stan, do you think 
that with regards to Gunner, he he was a, a he we we thought he might be a candidate for the Gold Glove for the utility. He wasn't. Um, we thought that uh, he he was nominated and then won the Silver Slugger as a utility player. Uh, started sixty eight games at third base, sixty four games at shortstop this past season. Do you think that Gunner has earned the right to be an everyday player at one position? Or do you think that the Orioles are going to continue to uh, covet that, that versatility and move him around the diamond? Um, I think, I, you know, I've talked to Brandon Hyde on the record a couple times, and I, I think he still is very intrigued with uh, Jorge Mateo. But I, I don't think Mateo comes in as somebody that's going to play every day somewhere. So I would think, and I, and I don't think Ramon Urias will be back on the club. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Gunner, Gunner most likely will pencil in probably more like 100 to 110 games at short and, you know, 45, 50 at, at third base something like that. That's what I'm looking at. And I think that would be fitting, especially when you have, I mean, you're going to have three shortstops potentially on your roster as early as opening day when you look at, and four if you still have Mateo, but when you look at Gunnar Henderson, Jordan Westberg, and Jackson Holliday, um, and then you you might have your utility guy as um, Joey Ortiz, you're going to have a lot of guys that can play shortstop and a lot of guys that can play all three of those positions. Um, I I still think that I think Gunner has earned the right to be your everyday shortstop and move around a little bit, like you just said. I think I agree with you on that one, Stan. Now you mentioned uh, Jorge Mateo, you mentioned Ramona Rios. Uh, the Orioles have a number of arbitration eligible players, depending on um, how they view it. Uh, it could be anywhere from 14 to 17. We know the guys who are most likely going to be uh, tendered, co- tendered contracts, but there's about seven players that could potentially be on the bubble. Um, first and foremost, Jorge Mateo and Ramon Arias. Mateo um, is slated to earn $2.9 million in arbitration this year. Ramon Arias, $2 million. You seem to think Mateo will be back, but Arias will not. That's my that's my gut feeling right at this point. Yeah. And with, yeah. with Mateo, it, it, I guess the, the defense, the speed, and the ability to hit left-handers as well as he did, is that, are those the, the, the main factors for him? Yeah, I think he's a. I think he's a, a still, dis, despite his his lack of proficiency at hitting against both hands. Uh, I think he is a, a difference maker when he gets into ball games. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Brandon was quoted a couple times in questions that I asked of him by saying, "You know, all I know is the guy gets on base, he scores." You know, that's true. Uh, he and does. There aren't a lot of people. There aren't a lot of people. You don't say that as, as valuable as Ramon Urias has been for the past couple of years. You wouldn't say that about him, you know. Um, so I think he's a difference maker, and I think we'll probably see a little bit more of him perhaps in the outfield you now, know, you took as the, time goes on. You took the words right out of my mouth. Do you anticipate them getting him more work in the outfield in spring training, and do you anticipate them help having him – improve his bunting skills because I think it's a talent that he lacks that he really needs to have in his arsenal considering his speed. Yeah, I would say that about a lot, awful lot of players, but I think given his speed, I mean, I think he is somebody that could could really take advantage of that, you know, because again, he's such a weapon when he gets on base. Mm-hmm. 
He absolutely And, and again, when I watched the Arizona Diamondbacks, despite the fact they lost the World Series in, in, in five games, I was it, it harkened back, and we probably talked about this last week, it harkened back to what was so fun and productive about the team in 22 was they just absolutely controlled the, you know, they can, they controlled games with their speed. Uh, they, they manufactured an awful lot of runs. And what that does, it keeps you from speed never goes in a slump, you know, Correct. Um, it, so it, it kept them from being one dimensional. And I think that the, you know, look, the club, what they never got swept all season until Texas, you know, swept them in three games. Um, but I think one of the things that happened in that series and perhaps a little bit in, in the last month of the season is they became a little bit more one dimensional, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, we talked about that. Mateo got essentially benched, you know, by about June 1st, mm-hmm. he never really played every day after that. And Mullen's two injuries kept him from being disruptive on the base paths. Uh, cause first of all, he wasn't having that great a season and uh, getting on base, and and he was hurt twice. So the club went from being this multi-dimensional offensive team to being sort of like keep them in the ballpark and you can beat them. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, exactly. And so it's it, it's certainly something that I would like to see the Orioles take more advantage of is using this using that speed to their advantage in the coming years. Uh, Gunner's got speed to steal to steal bases. Jackson Holiday does. Mateo Mullins, and hopefully they have. And and let's not forget that Jordan Westbrook has sneaky good speed too. He's a twenty stolen yep. base guy in the minor leagues. Uh, they have speed. I'd like to see them utilize it a little bit more. And those guys that maybe aren't the best of hitters, like a Jorge Mateo, learn to bunt, man. Just learn to bunt. Yeah. He should be try, yeah. trying to drop down a bunt at least once every time he plays. Okay. And Cowser can run, too. He can. Yeah. He so. can. Um, yeah. Now, some some other guys, Stan, Dylan Tate didn't pitch at all this year for the Orioles, uh, coming off that flexor mass strain. Uh, one, he's he's um, expected to earn exactly what he earned last year in arbitration, $1.5 million. Is he a Baltimore Oriole this year, this coming season? I would I would think that I'd certainly want to see him, you know. Um, I, I'm, again, I don't have the medicals. I don't really understand exactly what a flexor mass strain is, mm-hmm. uh, but it ended up being a surprise that he didn't didn't contribute at all and yeah. never, never so much made any story about who could, you know, it was like he was totally forgotten after about, June 1st. Right. And nobody ever mentioned him again. So again, I don't know how serious the injury is long term, but if he's a reasonable uh, candidate to come back okay, then I would certainly want him at $1.5 million. Yeah. Now, how about Keegan Aiken? He's due $800,000. No, no, I think we've seen enough for Keegan Aiken. Yeah, you know? I, I agree. I, I just, yeah. the, the number's low enough that you would understand it if they brought him back, but I think we, we all know who he is at this point. I, I think I agree with yeah. you there. Um, Jacob Webb, off to, he got to a, off to a great start after the Orioles picked him up off waivers at the end of August. Uh, I, I think it was at middle to end of August. Um, got off to a great start, but then really struggled down the stretch and really struggled in the playoffs. He's due $1.2 million through arbitration. Is he back? I, I don't see any tremendous upside on, on Jacob Webb. Well, 
and then the last two ones are kind of polarizing. Ryan McKenna, do seven hundred and forty thousand. He is so he could either be still uh, pre-arbitration, depending on what they d- deem his service time to be um, and where that cutoff is. Um, he's a good fourth outfielder for the Orioles, but I feel like there's better candidates at this point in time to be their fourth outfielder. In my opinion, the, the speed he doesn't use a lot, utilize the speed enough, and the defense in the outfield is adequate, but not where I think a fourth outfielder should be. Ryan McKenna, is he an Oriole in 2024? Uh, he's, he's a little bit of an interesting call because it really boils down to if they end up keeping all three of Santander, Mullins, and Hayes, mm-hmm. I don't see any way that McKenna is on this team. Uh, but if they say they traded Santander, that might open up a slot for McKenna to be, you know, fourth or fifth outfielder. And then let's talk about Santander here. He's the reason he. I, I feel like he's a guy who should be on the Orioles, but he's due twelve point seven million, and I don't think they're going to extend him. I'd like to see them extend him. I think he's worth a three-year, forty-five million dollar contract, but he's in the final year of arbitration. He will be. He will be a free agent at the end of twenty twenty-four, and again, he's due twelve point seven million dollars this year, stand through arbitration. Do you anticipate them? I think they're going to pick up his number, but do you anticipate him walking down that orange, running down that orange carpet on opening day? Um, I have some real questions whether he does or not. I, I like the guy a lot. I think he's a real leader in that clubhouse, and I think he also sort of puts his money where his mouth is by being a leader on the field. Um, but I just have a feeling that they're, you know, with the combination of the salary and the the fact I don't see them extending him. So I think he's a prime trade candidate. Yeah. I think he's very attractive and when you when you have that glut of uh prospects like Norby and Ortiz and several others, you, you wonder if a really nice attractive package for somebody wouldn't be Santander and Norby, Santander and Ortiz, you know, and you could really maybe get a pitcher and a bullpen arm out of something like that. Who would you think would be an ideal trade candidate? Uh, and, and if this is uh, too off the cuff here or, or too spur of the moment, that's okay. Um, an ideal trade trade partner for the Orioles, if they were to package somebody like Santander and one of those uh, infield prospects, like you suggested, to bring in a starting pitcher and a, and a reliever. I had I saw people and nobody um, like. That was it's like an official person um, talking about the bre- trading with the Brewers to get Corbin Burns and Devin Williams. Uh, I don't. I think you'd have to give up too much. But is there an idea in your mind of what that trade, what a trade could look like involving a package like I, that? I, I, I certainly think Burns is an attractive candidate. But then you're back in you're back in that boat of uh, how much are you willing to spend for Corbin Burns? You mm-hmm. know. That's why I go back to the the Marlins and somebody like a Jesus Lazardo, mm-hmm. you know, uh, um, you know, I haven't really dug into it that that deeply yet, um, but I think there's somebody out there, you know, that the Orioles could uh, could pick up, you know, a package somewhere. Yeah, the, I think that there's, I think that the Orioles are more likely to acquire a legitimate starting pitcher via trade. I think they'd be more likely to sign a, a back-end reliever in free agency. Not a Josh Hader, but I think there would be arms out there um, that they could have. I think a, a pitcher's coming more, more than likely 
as part of a trade. I'll give you one. I'll give you one name of a free agent pitcher, a relief pitcher. It's this guy, and, I, and I'm always when they pick up somebody. I'm talking about Tampa Bay. Whenever they pick up somebody, I go, boy, they must see something in him. And they picked up this guy Robert Stevenson last year, and he's a free agent. He's not a kid. I thought he was younger when they picked him up. He's 31 years old. But then you look at his 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 body of work isn't that great. But you look at his his a year in Cincinnati where he had like about 52 innings and he struck out about 74 guys. Mm-hmm. And then the following year, last year, I think he pitched. 61 innings and struck out like 80 some guys. Um, he's a he's an interesting guy that that a team might take a three year shot at, and I don't think Tampa's going to do it. But he might he might command. I've, I saw where they're projecting on ESPN that he's a four year, thirty six million dollar guy. I don't know that anybody's going to give him four years at 31 years of age. But a three-year, eighteen million dollar contract sure sounds sort of plausible for somebody like that, especially with those strikeout numbers. And what was the player's name again? I, 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 Robert Stevenson. Robert Stevenson. Stevenson. Okay. S T S T E P H S O N Steven E N S O N S T E P H Stevenson. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, somebody with with, with prolific strikeout numbers like that. Um, four years, thirty-six million. You there? Yeah, can you hear me? Did we lose you? Hello. Yeah, you're breaking up. I'm oh. not hearing you. Zach, stand with Would you like me to give you a call back? Can you hear us? No. I, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Well, clear, loud and clear. Loud okay. and clear. All right. Good. Good. All right. Um. Yeah. So Robert Stevenson, those numbers. Uh, not Trust a bad, me, not somebody's going to pay somebody's going to pay him significant dollars. Trust me. Yeah, I mean, uh, and and he's a pretty interesting guy. Yeah, so. he, and he's had success each of the last three to four years. Uh, well, twenty twenty he wasn't very good, but the three years around that, the three his last three full seasons, but he's been a solid relief pitcher. Um, it's a guy yeah. that that would definitely be worth taking a look at for for sure, for sure. Now, and, sta- and that's a. That's a market that the Orioles haven't really been willing to really spend, you know, mm-hmm. is spending five, six million dollars. But I think the bullpen is, while I, while I think we have the candidates on hand to, to, to make do, um, they, need to, they need to do better than make do. You know, they need sort of a Stevenson and a comeback by Tate if they sign him to really strengthen that bullpen to be deep enough. Uh, to to make the run that we hope they'll they'll make uh, uh, coming in the next season. Absolutely, I think interesting guy for interesting guy for me would have been Trevor May mm-hmm. um, with Oakland, but he's announced his retirement. Oh so wow! I guess he's the question. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He announced it about three weeks ago, and he had a fantastic parting shot at the owner of the Oakland A's. Uh, really torn torn to pieces. You know. Yeah, which he deserves to be torn to pieces. Absolutely, absolutely, he does. I, I I agree with you, man. I thought he pitched a lot longer than that, nine years. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess when he's ready, when you're ready to call it quits, you're ready to call it quits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't make it very very early. I think he and he had a couple injury seasons, a 
think there was a probably a Tommy John in there or something. But uh, but his body of work was pretty interesting, and I I thought he would have been an interesting guy for the Orioles. Yeah, really solid reliever. Had twenty one saves and three two eight ERA this past season. Yep. That would have been somebody who would have been worth taking a look at. I think we can all agree that we do not that the Orioles can't go into 2024 without a replacement for Felix Bautista. You're never fully going to replace him, but you have to have somebody that can at least do the job and give you confidence. They can do the job more often than not. Yeah, the, the reason I, I like somebody like a Stevenson on a multi-year contract is they need somebody that can establish themselves and their own identity this year. But but let's be honest, we don't know what is on the other side of a comeback of Felix Bautista. Right. You know, yeah. uh, how much he could struggle in a first year back with release points and, and just his arm is, you know, anatomically different. Uh, so it's, you know, to, to just assume that all we have to do is get by one year. I'd be looking at getting somebody that might fit in there for multiple years. And I think the key, the key to it is, is that discussion that we've had on our show uh, the last couple of years about Tyler Wells. You know, mm-hmm. if the club, the, the club needs to make a determination as they go into free agency. Are we thinking Tyler Wells is a relief pitcher? and can be part of the solution of, of, of replacing Felix Bautista, or we're, we're still committed to him being a starting pitcher. And I'll respect whatever Michael Elias comes up with, but they can't go into spring training next year sort of dipping their toes in both camps. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. the, time, the time to replace Bautista for, for at least one season is going to be up by spring training. You need to make that determination now. Yeah. And I think it's very important. I, I agree with you. And they, they, they have a, a couple of – and they keep saying, and, I, and Rock keeps reiterating, that they still view D.L. Hall as a starter. And I'm more in the camp that, like, if he's that effective of a, of a reliever, I'd love to see him as a starter, but he hasn't proven that he can stay healthy to be, to be a starter. And if he is, he's going to be on the innings limit again next year. You've got to make that determination. What are you going to do with Tyler well, Wells? That in my opinion, that determination has been made. There, there's no question which side. You, you know what I've been preaching yeah. for three years. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 I, and I'm not patting myself on the back. It's just to me, it's as obvious as the nose on my face. Yeah. You know, this guy is the relief pitcher. You know? I, I, and I, I, think, I think the taste he had of major league success last year has got him much more willing and accepting of that. You know, he'd rather be pitching in important games for the Baltimore Orioles in 2024 than, than working his way back to an innings uh, situation that's, that's palpable at the major league level, level yeah. as a starter. And I don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm starting to be in that camp myself. Uh, the arm is intriguing enough for me that if they did it, I'd understand it. But he proved his worth as a reliever last year. I, I think you're undoubtedly yep. wasting time if you throw him out there as, as anything but a reliever. You yeah. saw what he can do. And in the playoff game, I think it was game one and game three, I yeah. think, he looked great in both. And yeah. that, to me, shows yeah. that he could possibly be something like a big game pitcher and a late inning pitcher and like that. That's yeah. that's yep. a thing you shouldn't mess around with. I, I agree. Uh, so Stan, I mean, I think you've got. I think you've got essentially an, an 
an Andrew Miller like pitcher, you mm-hmm. know, that could really pay you huge dividends, you know. Yeah. So, uh, that, that he's a really he as a relief pitcher, he's a guy who helps win you games. As a starting pitcher, he's yep. a guy who's on an innings limit who probably starts a Triple A again, and you have to monitor him all year. And if he can only give you four or five innings a start, what are you even doing at this point? Yeah, so. and then he can break down from you know, which is which. I'll be honest, guys, that's what I preached. I I felt like I was the only guy in town saying this, but that's why I saw Wells as a relief pitcher is not because he couldn't be an effective starter. It was, would he break down or not? And mm-hmm. he did. Uh, and again, he's not 22 years old. He's like 28 years old this yep. year. Yep. So I would, I would take, take a, you know, I wouldn't look a gift horse in the mouth. I think you've got a, a great one, two punch there in Wells and hall to mm-hmm. start replacing Bautista. And if you fritter that away by going, well, We'll take a look at him in spring training, and we still think he's this. We still think, don't look a gift horse in the mouth, man. Yeah, you know. Yeah, this window, this window for this team isn't forever. You know, it's it's the it, it the time is now to really plan to to win this year. I agree. Know? I 100 percent agree. Now, um, Stan. Uh, Mike Elias was at the GM meetings this past week when he was asked about he, he, he said that the Orioles are pretty set with position players and will put most of their focus on pitchers in the offseason. When he was asked about acquiring an ace, he said, and I quote, there are a lot of teams going forward this offseason, and so I think saying we have to acquire an ace this winter is setting ourselves up for possible disappointment. What do you make of those comments? Well, I think I think again uh, the the market, both in terms of what you got to pay contract wise and talent to pick up a quote unquote ace, that they may you know Mike has shown the ability to to find some interesting uh, pitchers by other means, and um, I certainly think that they will sign a free agent starting pitcher, but I think that they will try their best to make a trade, but I don't see it being a Corbin Burns. I see it being a younger, younger guy that they think has tremendous upside. The idea of Dylan Cease just resonates in my brain every time I think about it, Stan, the the idea of acquiring a Dylan Cease. He's he's two years, he's a year removed from being uh, uh, the number two uh, the runner-up for Cy Young in the American League, and I think a change of scenery for Dylan Cease and getting with this pitching staff only is a positive if the Orioles somehow pull off the trade for, for Cease. Uh, look, I'm not against picking up Dylan Cease, but, you know, um, um, you know, I just I just have a feeling it's going to be somebody that's a little bit more obscure than that. Yeah, yeah, and I we have to we can't help but think that until it's proven otherwise. Uh, there's nothing to say that, that it will be proven otherwise yeah. to this point. So, yeah. um, Stan, look, look we do ahead. start real quick because I know you're up against the time. But real quick, it's it's a real nice start to have Bradish and Grayson there mm-hmm. uh, as as the top two guys. Um, they they need to add a couple. They need to come into camp with a couple acquisitions i would think three pitchers two of which are starters and one of which is a reliever yeah i i that's agree my, with you my best guess i yeah. i agree and with i you. would not have i would not have a major problem if one of those two starters was kyle gibson again you know 
I'm not talking about a long-term contract, mm-hmm. but but if they could come up with some way to compensate him a little bit for a 15-win season, and it was one year at $12 million, you know, with maybe an option uh, buyout, uh, you know, a million or a million and a half, something like that. He certainly was more than serviceable uh, last year, and and fit in nicely in that clubhouse. Yeah, I, I, I think that the Orioles are definitely going to kick the tires on that, and I think it's more likely than yeah. a lot of people would think that it would be um, to see yeah, a reunion. I think, at his point, I think at his point in his career, knowing what the defense can do here and knowing where the mindset is for pitching, how they can help him, I think he, I think he liked it here an awful lot. Uh, look, if somebody blows him away, if the Dodgers sort of want to solidify their back end of the rotation and give him three years, thirty-six million or something like that, he's gone. But right. if he's if he's looking around and all things are equal and it's a million dollars less to be an Oriole, I think he takes it for one year. Yeah, I I, I could see that scenario playing out very much so, Stan. Uh, Stan, before we let you go, uh, this is yep. our final um, bat around show. As it currently yep. stands, and um, at the risk of getting emotional here, I want to say thank you. You gave me an yep. opportunity. You brought me in as your producer on this show in December of 2019. Uh, when COVID hit, you were willing to hand over the reins of hosting duties to me, and that's no that, that that's not small. Uh, you gave me an opportunity for four Oriole seasons to speak to the masses on a weekly basis. And I'm eternally grateful to you for that. You've helped me live a dream of working in sports, hosting my own show, and getting paid to do so. Um, thank you so, so much for the opportunity and for le- and for giving me the ability to do this show for as long as we have. Four years is hard to do in this industry, and you let that happen. Thank you so much yeah, for I'm, everything, Stan. I'm very proud. I'm very proud of the work you've done. Uh, you really are passionate about the Orioles and about baseball. And uh, you and Zach created a really nice team uh, for these past uh, three years. I think it's been that you guys have been together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I wish you nothing but the best. I'm really happy that you found a, a woman to partner with. And uh, I understand there might be a little kid on the way. Yep, so. in the next about probably about eight or nine weeks we're, we're looking at. So, um, yeah, right. super so, excited. Thank you so much, you Tim. What's you had that? to make some tough personal decisions, and you made the right ones for the long term. Okay. I appreciate you saying so much. Thank what, you as well, Stan. What do you got coming up All for right, us, Stan? Back. I'll talk to you. Um, uh, Monday, I got uh, Ross and Luke, and then I'm talking. We're going to tape one. We don't often tape. We usually go live. But uh, because of the Bowser show and some other scheduling things, I've got John Eisenberg. Uh, is on with a new book called The Rocket Men about the history of black quarterbacks in the National Football League. We will certainly look forward to that. Stan, thank you so much. You have a great, great weekend. All right. Okay, you too. Bye. That was Stan the Fan, Charles, who continues his weekly baseball shows throughout the playoffs and offseason. Every Monday, Stan is joined by former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley and Press Box's managing editor Luke Jackson to break down the latest with the birds. Every Thursday night, Stan will chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports. This week, Stan caught up with Baltimore Banner sports editor Chris Corman. You can watch the shows live at facebook.com slash pressbox or find them the day the next day at pressboxonline.com slash video and youtube.com slash pressboxonline. 
we got to catch a break. When we come back in, Zach's going to sound off, and Ryan Blake will join us in studio for the 11 o'clock hour. That and more next on the Bat Around. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code PRESSBOX23. So bet with the best and use promo code PRESSBOX23 this football season with Superbook. Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors. Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs around the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas in at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com.
The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles survivors, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mountcastle, who all came from the previous regime, but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to, re- memory lane to remember the most significant moments of Brooks' career. Plus, we meet players from all of college basketball programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. All right, in studio with us now, the one, the only, Ryan Blake. Ryan, thanks for joining us today. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Getting settled in at the new house and uh, a, a lot going on, but happy to be here and uh, thanks for thinking of me. You, uh, we always think of you, man. <laughs> Did you buy or rent? It's my grandfather's old house. It's It's been vacant for about a year and so uh, keeping it in the family, keeping the, the units running, pipes going, all that stuff. It's kind of a win-win for the family, but uh, yeah, it's a nice new place for Megan and I. The cats love the new space. Awesome. Over in Columbia, so not. Uh, it, it's much nicer coming into studio when I have a half-hour drive instead of an hour from Rockville. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it's nice. It's between oh. our families. Um, you know, a lot of uh, I see a lot of potential for uh, renovations, and mm. I've never had a house before. It's cool. Yeah, neither, neither. I mean, I live in a house, so I've never, <laughs> never had a, never had a house. That's in the works as we speak. Oh, but hello. Ghost. I, this is also these are worms like these are freeze-dried worms that just dropped on me that's yeah it's, it's, he, they do a lot of punishments with worms uh on glenn clark radio i don't know why but i used to buy those things all the time but they were actually for pets yeah for, yeah i believe that they are but well, I, there's also a come and go uh koozie a can of old bay here bean boozled there's some wild stuff over here there's I don't some know dude, du- dude wipes dumpkin spice dude oh, wipes. oh wow they're pumpkin scented dude wipes must Dump. be new um i was like oh i could use some wipes and they they leave us a lot of stuff in the studio that gets untouched yeah. so it's like oh here's a sure. shirt cool but i can't take these because uh glenn and griffin have a side bet with picks mm. and whoever loses has to on air on camera wipe with a pumpkin spice, dumpkin spice dude wipe. <laughs> it's a really weird punishment, that's, man. Wow. Really that, weird punishment. There's a lot of weird stuff that's happened on Glenn's show before. That's the weirdest. I, like, Undoubtedly. I, that's, had, I had to eat watermelon, a half, a whole half of a watermelon. Like a, a half a watermelon covered in mustard. That's awful. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That can't. Uh, do you remember the Jeremy Kahn show, though, where they just got absolutely hammered? Yeah. Like, they got. I've never seen anything like Glenn that. Glenn told on, me, on like, like he he said it, on, he's told it on air a, a few times how many times he threw up and how oh my God, like yeah. he had to stay in studio till like six o'clock that that night yeah. and to like sleep on a couch. It, mm. it, and if if you haven't seen that, try to find it. I don't know when it was, probably like twenty twenty one or something. Mm. Like they actually, Glenn might have had like eighteen shots. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I was it was a year before I was a producer and Glenn talked about it a number of times on the show. Um, Jeremy's Jeremy jumped into our weekly picks for football um, late, and the person who's in last place, I can't remember what the punishment is. The punishment last year, I think, was worse, but this one's not great. Um, and Jeremy, because he jumped in late, he can still lose yeah. if he has the least amount of wins. But the person who has been in it all season and has the second least amount of wins um, has to go to a Creed concert. Oh, that see, that's fine though. Yeah, 
That's a good punishment. Yeah. The, uh, the most. The, the are uh, they going for free? I would try no, to. Uh, lose. I think you got. I think you got to buy your. Yeah. Own. Well, somebody accused me of trying to lose. I went one and eight last week in picks. <laughs> it was brutal. <laughs> but, like I thought, Maryland would at least show up after getting embarrassed the previous two weeks. Nope. Oh right, you picked Maryland to win. I no no, I picked Maryland to oh, cover. cover. Okay, they got, were, it, got they, it. They were eleven and a half point dogs, yeah. and I picked them to cover. Okay, that makes no, more they, sense. They, they they got their doors blown off. Yeah. Um, I, and then th- I'm not thrilled with my picks this week either. You're not in it, are you? I'm not in this. No, no. Well, I get excluded. Um, <laughs> I'm not. Um, I'm sure if you wanted to be, you, you could have. I'm not part know. of the uh, the press box in club. You know what yeah. I mean? No. You, well, I mean, you know, you know, you it's you should be. You fill in for Griffin enough. That's true. I'm there. I'm I was there. just mesmerized by this leaf blowing. I didn't realize I'm talking to you guys while staring at them blowing. I've watched them the cut window. the grass out here so many times. It's mesmerizing. Just watch them yeah. cut the rose. I feel nice. like I feel like they're being inefficient in how they're blowing the leaves. I, I mean, oh, one hundred percent. They're they're the pros. I just feel like they're making progress like an inch at a time. Well, there, there was also a couple of minutes where they were blowing them straight into those those le- those brushes. <laughs> Glad to know we've areas. all been watching this. <laughs> and I was like, I, I thought they might leave them there, and then they decided to walk through the brush and blow it out of there. I like like the backpack ones though. That's cool. Like that's just you're a cool guy if you've got a backpack leaf blower. You know what's funny, man. They have this thing on TikTok. It's um, this guy. It's dude news, okay. and it's like, like th- somebody will pick up a block of ice out of like a barrel that's outside, and they're like, "This is stupid. What? What are you gonna do with that? Where is he? Oh, is he gonna drop it on? Oh my god, he's gonna drop it on the ground." And then like he drops it, and they're like, "Yeah!" Or somebody like picks up a rock and throws it down a hill, and they're like. It's still going, and you're just watching it. And we totally could have just done a dude yeah. news episode yeah. on the three of us studying these guys out here using their leaf blowers. And I think it's because all of us want to do this. I think we all I want go out there and do to that. grab these leaf blowers and yeah. just go blow the crap out of some leaves. Can I just say something real quick? There, you talk about lack of efficiency. They're still right about at the same place they were when we started this discussion. Exactly, that's, that's true. But they're doing a good job. Like you see the the uh, they're not the, leaving anything behind. I don't. Yeah, right. Like the, the the bed around the tree with the mulch looks pretty good right now. Yeah, very I mean, leafless. They, they, they're leafless, leafless in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, nah, I mean they they the progress they're making. I guess because if they went at it full bore, those leaves would be everywhere. So they have to right, do it in right, the right, manner right. that they're doing it. It just seemed like lack of efficiency. Where but are they, they going to put them, though? Like, what, what, Are they blowing them out of the parking lot and then just nah, putting gonna, them on a tarp or something? They're going to bag them. Do they, do they, they imagine might have they one just blew them all into the parking lot. <laughs> we go out to leaves are all <laughs> yeah, over right, our cars. Right. They might have one of those things on the truck that like sucks them all in and oh, maybe, maybe together. Maybe. That'd be cool. Maybe they make mulch out of it. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, this, I don't know. This is this is a, a cool way to spend our last. I should have turned the cameras around to, to show everyone what was happening. Yeah, I mean, you still could, man. There, I there's still no, could. I don't know well, if these now, guys well, want to be on camera. But. Well, they they've stopped. Well, you can't see their faces. No. They, they all you have to do is show the the end of the leaf blower blowing the leaves. We can just plug their lawn service company, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, it's a neon green hoodie. Neon, yeah, neon green hoodie. <laughs> That's our a neon green hoodie. Oh, we blow your leaves. Oh, oh. <laughs> he noticed it. He's good. Um. Dude news. Dude news. All right, so Ryan, Ryan's joining us in studio uh, because Ryan is our main fill-in when one of us has to miss a show, and the show's coming to an end. Um, what Ryan doesn't know is that the show isn't exactly coming to an end. We have um, worked it out with Pressbox that I will be doing a show remotely, um, but it's not going to be quite the same. We're not going to have... Um, we're not going to have weekly guests. It's not going to be two hours. And uh, the determination is still being made whether it's going to be an everyday co-host with me or if it's going to be um, you know, a different guest each week. So that's something that we're going we're gonna to work out. 
Um, but nice. it is in the works, so we're ironing out some of the some of the wrinkles in it. But I'll still be around with the name of the show being the bat around. It's just um, a little bit different of a format, and I, it's I'm not required to come to the show every to come to the studio every week. I can do it from home, uh, which is going to work out well. Wife's on board with it, so nice. happy yeah. that I still get to stick around in some uh, capacity. So very excited for that. Um, we want to do a little bit of Orioles banter here today, and it's one of the main reasons that we, aside from him being, you know, our main fill-in and being as much a part of show as anybody of the show as anybody else, we wanted to do Orioles banter with Ryan in studio today, being our last um, show, and Zach's last show um Orioles arbitration uh they have a number of guys up for arbitration depending on when the cutoff is for service time this year they could have they could have 14 to 17 players eligible for arbitration uh they've also got to add some guys to their 40 men if they want to protect them from the rule five uh, and we want to make some bold predictions for the off season uh let's start with arbitration because that's the first thing I have in my notes here um I think there's a, the, the, we can we can go through the guys that we think are definitely going to get um, receive arbitration, re- be tender contracts. Danny Coulomb, uh, he's expected to make two point two million arbitration. I think that's a no brainer, right? I, I think it has to be for yeah. sure. Yeah, and then John Means expected to make five point nine three million. He's slotted in as your number three starter. That's that's a given. Ryan O'Hearn, uh, he had enough of a of a good year that at three million dollars, it's kind of a steal. Yeah, three. <laughs> Ryan's still watching the leaves. I can just laugh. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm facing that way. It's kind of yeah. hard not to. I looked over there. <laughs> He's just anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan, just Ryan disassociating and just <laughs> watching leaves fly. I think I, I think O'Hearn did enough. I yeah. think O'Hearn did enough. Yeah. I, I also think he's a prime candidate to take a step back. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. With um, that, so. you know, kind of like Steve Pierce uh, in 2015. Yeah. Uh, Bud Norris definitely in 2015. Um, but he was good enough <clears throat> that you you want to try to think that he, might be he'll replicate it. And yeah. so yeah, I, I think you have to give him the arbitration deal. I I, I firmly agree. Cedric Mullins, I think that's a no brainer. Six point four million for a former thirty thirty All Star player. Um, who uh, let's be real, he was having a really good year until he got hurt, and then as soon as he started to turn it back on, he got hurt again. Um, and I think that if they can keep him healthy. He'll have a nice bounce back year next I agree year. With that. He finished the season so poorly, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. What was it? He was something like one for like two for forty seven. That sounds right. To end the season, regular season and uh playoffs combined. Yeah, not rough. good. Yeah. Um Austin Hayes, six point one million. I I think he's back. I think they offered to him because six point one million for a guy who's gonna hit two seventy with you know, fifteen to twenty home runs. Close to forty doubles. Yeah. Who who has learned how to play that left field wall better than anybody else? I think that he's too valuable to not offer arbitration. Yeah. Well, I think either there's a good chance. I would say like fifty percent at least that either Mullins or Hayes is moved in the offseason. I think there's a good chance. You think so? Yeah, I do. What about you, Ryan? I, I don't. I don't think you're. I mean, Mullins was a 30-30 guy two years ago. I don't, I don't think you're cutting ties with that just yet. And you're not going to non-tender a guy who was just an all-star. Yeah. I, I just, I don't see yeah, it. I, I'm not saying they're going to non-tender him. I, I think they'll, well, yeah. they they could pay him that and then just trade him down the line. I, I think Austin Hayes would be the more likely guy. He was a gold glove finalist too, I, wasn't he? I think you're really selling high, yeah, with, was, you're yeah. selling high with Austin Hayes at this point. Well, but, but here's the thing. I think that they tender him a... It, if you're going to get rid of him, you still tender him a contract. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you tender him a contract and you and then you trade him. Right. The, the the question here is, unless they're trading for Juan Soto, 
Um, the, the, the question here is, who's ready to go play left field? I, I heard all this stuff yeah. about how great a defender Colton Kowser was, and I thought that his defense was lacking. I think he took, takes circuitous routes to the baseball. Yeah. And the bat di- certainly did not play. He never got confident at the plate. And b- after, you know, five weeks of him striking out a lot, he went. Se- he was sent back down to the minors and then lost 30 points in his batting average yeah. when he went back down to AAA. Are, are you trusting him to play left field every day? They clearly don't trust Heston Kerstad to play the outfield because they put him in the, in the outfield and then after one out... They replaced him with Ryan O'Hearn yeah. in left field. Here's, here's my thing, I, and I talked about this with Connor Duke on one of his podcasts, that Austin Hayes was a two-and-a-half war player. And I think on a 101-win te- team, which is what you expect to be next year as well, I think you can do better than that. But number two, from what, June 1st on, something like that, he, he was a 230 hitter. It, well, so, it, was, it was from the All-Star break on. He, he hit well, really well up until the All-Star break, and then after the All-Star break, he hit 228. Yeah, it was a longer... The number that Connor Newcomb presented me was much longer than that. He had, like, June 1st or something that marked out, and he'd hit uh, 230, 270 OBP. It wasn't mm-hmm. very good uh, since that number. So he started off really strong, and that's the tale of, of two seasons for Austin Hayes. That's usually what he does. He has yeah. one great half and another not-so-great half. So I just think the Orioles might be able to do better than that. And these guys are right up in here. <laughs> We're going to have to close these blinds. Or, or, or I'm having Ryan, trouble focusing. It's so yeah. loud. Ryan is just, like, locked in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like yes, more I'll, leaves. I was trying to finish that Austin Hayes thought. I'll put blinders on his <laughs> face, Paul. The rest of the show. Well, but we, we got we got actual blinds on here that we can just. <laughs> this guy is no more than five feet from me right now. <laughs> no, he's legitimately a yard and a half away yeah, from that. Yeah, yeah, Now a yard and a half away from me. I should knock right. on the window and give him the finger. <laughs> <laughs> that would be messed We're up. trying to do a show in here, man. I think Come I knew on. too. He cracked a smile when he got near the end of the window. By the way, the, the Hyundai Elantra over there is getting bombarded with leaves. Do you, are you watching this? <laughs> I can't. Like it's it's got it's covered <laughs> in leaves already. It looks like a nice car. Like it's new. That's yeah. it's a Hyundai. I don't care. It's still a nice car. Like it's, that, a, it's a new car, and it's just they're just bombarded it, with it's leaves. It's a Daewoo. Um, <laughs> what Daewoo is like this really old brand, and they, oh. they specifically like did like VCRs and um, like TVs, but they also made a car or two in their day. Uh, Daewoo, cool stuff. Yeah, like Zenith. Um, anyway, Austin Hayes, you know, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I I imagine that he's back. I I am inclined to think he will be. I, I do see him as a trade candidate, you know, yeah, um, yeah. later down the road. But um, I think in terms of you know trying to reach a deal in arbitration, I think he's close as close to a lock as you can get. It's possible the Orioles could view it as one more season makes sense. Sell him going into his contract year next off season, and then make you know you'd still be selling somewhat high as long as he puts together a good year this year. The other, but thing like you cons- said, it, it's hard to know who's going to be taking that spot over if he's not the guy. Exactly. The, and another thing to consider is how many right-handed hitters do you have in your lineup. Yeah, I mean you yeah. got. I mean, when you look at it, you're gonna have Gunner. You're gonna have. I'm, I'm talking about lefties, right? You're gonna have Gunner, potentially O'Hearn, potentially Jackson Holiday, potentially Colton Kalser. Um, Mullins uh, lefty, Mull- Mullins, lefty. Kerstad's a lefty, and then Adley and Santander switch hitters. Uh, you do need right-handed bats in your lineup for sure, and I, and I get it. They want a lot of lefties because it's. Easier to hit a home run in Camden Yards to right field. Yeah. And I, I totally get that. But you got to have righties, too. And Hayes is also a guy who can drive the ball the other way. He, so is Ryan Mountcastle. And so is Mountcastle. Yeah, yeah. Who's actually next on this list. Mountcastle's projected to make $4.2 million. I think that he... 
I know he's going to be tender to contract. Yeah. How long is Ryan Mountcastle's leash, though? Because, you know, he had a really nice 30 games in 2020. Yeah. And then he came out in 2020, uh, came out slow out of the gates in 2021, but ended up hitting 33 home runs. Then they moved the wall back on him, and he was not a great hitter. A lot of loud contact in 2022, um, but not a great season. And then last year, really strong start, had a, had a nine RBI game. Had 18 RBIs for like the first two and a half weeks of the season. And then he fell off, and we realized it was vertigo. When he came back from vertigo, he was really good down the stretch, but he started to swing himself into a slump again at the end of the season. He starts, and he's a gold glove finalist, which I think is deservedly so. I think he gets too much crap for his, for his defense. I Probably. Think he's been very good as a first baseman. Yeah. And uh, I look at him, power bat can go the opposite way, makes hard contact. When he's right, he doesn't miss the baseball. Yeah. Um, and can hit the ball a long way. Yeah. Uh, but. The, the, when he slumps, he slumps hard. He chases pitches that are five feet out of the zone. Uh, how long is his leash in 2024 with the Orioles? I think that largely depends on the success of Ryan O'Hearn mm-hmm. and whether or not they view Heston Kerstad as a first-base option, whether or not they view Kobe yeah. Mayo as a first-base option yeah. at some point this year. I think there's a lot of question marks around that position. And, you know, Mountcastle, when he's locked in and he's healthy, he's one of the most dangerous hitters in the game. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned when he's off, he's way off. Yeah. And he can really hinder an offense when yeah. he's in a slump. And so, that, I like that answer. I don't think it's, it's very hard to put a number on it. I would mm-hmm. My answer, I guess, would be relatively short. I just don't know if he's the guy they see winning a World Series with. And again, they could have won a World Series with him this year, technically. They, they, yeah. could, they could have gone far. I just think that when you really look at a middle-of-the-order bat, he doesn't really have all of those qualities, even when he's playing at his best. He's a six-hitter. Yeah, he's Agreed, a six hitter who yeah. bat, who bats fourth for the Orioles right. on a, on a regular basis. And, and we talked about this in the intro to the show. Um, and I, I'm going to mention his name, but I wanted to save him for last. Um, Anthony Santander and Ryan Mountcastle are just too streaky to hit in the middle of your order every Absolutely. single day. I, I yeah. think that if you have Santander five and Mountcastle six, that's a good five six yeah. um, situation in your lineup. It's not a great 3-4. It's not a great 3-4. It's just, I look at first baseman, and I look at his on-base percentage, and I say, I think the Orioles can do better than that. And and I don't think that Kobe Mayo is viewed as a first baseman because his arm is too good to play there. But But if he's anywhere else, he might not fit in. You have Jackson Holiday. You have all of these other guys that are coming up. Heston Kerstad, if if he's going to end up in a corner... It's just it may end up being out of necessity. They put him at first base because his yeah. bat is so good. They they can't keep him out of the lineup. They can't DH him. They can't put him in a corner. They can't put him at third. So he ends up at first. I don't know. It could just be out of necessity. Yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a fair point, and it's a it's a it's a cool thing that we have to talk about. That we're, we were talking about not that long ago. Ryan Mountcastle is he a guy? It, like this is the guy that we've been waiting for that can hit in the middle of the Orioles lineup, and now it's like. Is he good enough to play on this team anymore? Yeah, right. You know, it, it's a, it's a cool situation to be in. CNL Perez, he was maybe their best reliever the yeah. second half of the season. Um, really, really good down the stretch. And one point three million, he's coming back. Oh yeah, Cole Irvin, uh, one point eight million. He can start. He can relieve. He can be a swing man. I, I think he's one hundred percent back at one point eight for sure. Yeah, yeah. Keegan Aiken, nope, um, eight hundred thousand dollars. There's better allocation for that $800,000 yeah, I, I than Keegan Aiken. It's, it's 800000 which makes me think that, that that they might be willing to do it. Yeah. Because he has had success at different times. I mean, mm-hmm. we we kept seeing that game against the Braves from 2020 that he started. How many times did we have to <laughs> watch that during a yeah. friggin' rain delay? 
Um, we also saw him take a no hitter into the into the seventh inning against the Blue Jays and gave yeah. up like twelve yeah, ten, runs. Yeah, lost that game ten to one. I think. <laughs> yeah, like stupid. Um, Jacob Webb, one point two million, really strong start for the Orioles, and then he was awful. Yeah, the last half of September and awful in the playoffs. Um, I'm paying Jacob Webb. You're paying him the one point two million. What about you? Yeah. Ryan? I think so. I think he he has a good enough track record that he's he's worth that money. Um, yeah, I mean, struggled down the stretch, but given an off season with the Orioles pitching lab, who knows what you got out of him? I don't. Th- I don't think we saw enough from him to determine that his late season slump makes him not worth one point two million. I agree. I yeah, one point two is pretty low. I mean, if you're arguing we, we, they should keep around Keegan Aiken at eight hundred, which is a fair argument, you could make that. Webb at one point two is definitely a keeper. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, he was good enough. I don't know. I, I don't know. He was so bad when he was bad. Like he, he couldn't get anybody out right. from basically the the third week of September through the playoffs, and and that was eye opening to me, and it made yeah. me realize why the uh, Angels were so willing to DFA him. I mean, that that team has no pitching, and right. they DFA'd him. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Jorge Mateo, two point nine million can't hit his way out of a wet paper bag. <laughs> but he's stupid fast. Yeah. Plays good defense. And like like Stan said, when he gets on base, he scores. Is he is he a 2.9 million to not be an everyday player? And I imagine if they do bring him back, he's going to get worked in the outfield, work in the outfield in spring training and they got to teach him to bunt. I think if it was up to the three of us, it would be a relatively difficult decision. But I think since it's up to Mike Elias and Brandon Hyde and the, and the rest of the Orioles staff, who seem to think he's a pretty decent player, I think they're going to pay him that. Yeah. Ryan? I think they will, too. Um, it, it's it's one of those situations for me where I, I don't want him in the starting lineup almost ever. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'd be worth $2.9 no matter what his role is. But man, he's a guy you love to have available off the bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And except that one game where he inexplicably came in as a pinch runner and didn't move off of first base. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like I, I'm not a big Mateo guy. I don't think he has a ton of value. But man, if he's it, a, a World Series winning team, has to have a spark plug like yeah. like Mateo. I yeah, think. and he went four for four in his lone start in the playoffs. Yeah. Like maybe he's a maybe he's an October guy. Mm. September and October. <laughs> September and October. I um, know. I mean not September. Um, April, April. And, April and, and October. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I love the speed. I love the speed. I think if he ever learned how to bunt, he'd be that much more valuable. Yeah. Is, is he not the worst bunter you've oh, ever seen awful. with that kind of speed? He's awful. He's awful. He can't do it. Yeah. it it's he's got, they got. All offseason, don't even let him swing the bat. Just make him bunt all offseason. Uh, the thing is, like, if they if they cut ties with Mateo, I'm not losing any sleep. Yeah, and because if they, and if they bring him back, I'm, I'm like, all right, cool, sure. But if he starts three days a week, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. If he starts one day a week, he should never. I, start. I agree with all of the above. And if if Joey Ortiz is hitting 320 for the first two months at AAA, and Mateo is still getting regular playing time, and Ortiz can't sniff the roster, then I'm going to be upset. I think Ortiz should have the inside track to be your utility infielder. I think so too. Um. Coming like straight out of spring training, and he's another guy like Kowser, who You know, the bat didn't really come around, but I, I think his I, playing time was so sporadic. Yeah, though. it was. It's tough to settle in when that's the case. 
Cows are a different story because he was playing just about every day when he first came up. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not after the first couple weeks, he got a he got a good run. Yeah. But. They, they gave him the opportunity. He just never got it going. Never yeah. got it going. Uh, Ramona Rios, two million. He gone. There's gone. no way they're giving him any money. No. There's no way. Um, unless they really truly believe if we tender him a contract, we can trade him. I just nah. don't think that there's any chance. I don't even know if that's worth it. Yeah. I I, I don't think so. Yeah. Tyler Wells, two point three million, no brainer, yep. right? Yeah. He's he can start for you. He can relieve no for you. Back end guy, no brainer. And then Ryan McKenna, seven hundred forty thousand. He's a guy who's on the uh, who could be on that cutoff line between his two years and three years service time. Um, Brandon Hyde loves him some Ryan McKenna. Yeah, he just does. Yeah, but I I don't see a scenario in which he makes sense for this team anymore. He doesn't, but I also would argue that he didn't last year when he played. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's a possibility. It's a po- 740000 is barely more than league minimum. That's yeah. like, what, 50000 more? Something? No, it is league minimum. It is league minimum. Oh, it wow. It is league okay. minimum. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, I think they'll bring him back. I'm trying to see, is he on the 40? And the other Either question is, how many him? options does he have left? To be arbitration eligible, I think you have to be on the oh, 40. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Duh. Uh, he doesn't have any options left. That's the thing. Ooh, yeah, he has that, no options That makes left. it tougher for sure. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you have to carry him all year. Here's the thing, though. They can pay him 740 bring him into spring training, and DFA him after that. He can be one of the last cuts. It looks like they gave him a chance, and then he goes. Yeah. I could see that. I could yeah. see that. Just I, a depth you, piece. You training. know if that happens, he's going to hit 440 in spring training and make <laughs> yeah. the team. Yeah. And he, he'll come north with the club as part of the 26-man roster on opening day. And Brent Hobby like... He gave me no other choice. He just was that good in spring training because I love him. Like, that's that's what's going to happen. God. <laughs> and then he'll drop a fly ball. He'll probably get, like, claimed by the Reds off waivers and hit 330 for the first month of the season. <laughs> Honestly, dude, the Reds the Reds would be a great place yeah, for Yeah, they really would. They really would. The more I think about it, the more, yeah. All right, and actually, he wasn't the last guy. The guy I saved for last is Anthony Santander. Final year of arbitration, he's due to make twelve point seven million. I think that the, that the Orioles are no longer in a position where they can cut somebody because they're making that kind of money. And I don't. I, I think they offer him a contract. I don't know that that means he's going to be on this team on opening day. Um, but I think that they that they're going to offer him a contract. I don't think they're extending him. I don't <sighs> think they're de- that, that, that they're going to expose him. And I. I don't. I don't think they're trading him. I, I don't. I think that, that I would agree. I think that Anthony Santander means too much to this clubhouse. I hate the idea that they aren't willing to give him an extension. Do you trust? Do you trust Heston Kerstad to play right field? I don't think they do, and I don't think you can trust that. I don't. I don't think they like what he did at first base. Santander is a good right fielder who played adequately at first base, and he's a big clubhouse presence. He's got power from both sides. He's got more home runs over the last few years than any switch hitter in baseball. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's a key candidate for an extension, and I don't think mm-hmm. he's going to get it. Is this might be a dumb question? I so I, I'm going to backtrack a minute. I deleted Twitter off of my phone during Game Three of the ALDS, and I haven't looked at it since. And I'm very happy with that decision. Is and so I've been a little out of touch lately. Aaron Hicks is contracted, right? No, no, no. He's not. a free agent. Free agent. Okay, cool. All right, never mind. Then that makes the the Santander <laughs> discussion a little different. Uh, here's the, here's the thing with Tony. Every year, I, I, I felt like he was going to get traded for it feels like ten years now. Yeah, yep. I, I agree. know he hasn't been on the roster. That I long. agree. And every year he goes on some hot stretch where 
the dudes on Twitter who believe in him talk about how there were a bunch of idiots who wanted Anthony Santander to get yeah. traded. Yep. It happens every year. It seems like an endless cycle, and I think we're going to experience that again coming into this year. Yeah. It's going to happen. I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't either. I, I think the most likely scenario is the one Paul laid out where he plays out the season, nothing happens, they don't extend him, they don't trade him, and he just walks at the end of the yeah. year. I, I think that's exactly what's going to happen with him. I, I really think so. $12.7 million is not out of their price range at this no. point. They gave Kyle Gibson 11 or 10 so and Jordan they Lyles the year before. Adam Frazier $8 million. Uh, yeah, exactly. So that's not that's not out of the price range. He's arguably your third best hitter, fourth best hitter. Mm. So they're going to pay him. But I don't think they're going to extend him. I just don't see this team extending people, especially not right now. Yeah. I just don't see it. Golly, I wish somebody else owned this team. (laughs) (laughs) Soon enough, though. I I think we're on the cusp of that. That's what it all comes back to at the end of the day. It it does. Well, it really does. It really does. If Steve Bashotti owned this team, we would not be having these conversations right now. Right. You, uh, they'd be talking to Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman about extensions. Now, Scott Boris oh, yeah. wouldn't like allow that to happen uh, in Gunnar Henderson's case. Uh, uh, like, Anyway, I don't, I don't I, know. I also just, speaking of Scott Boris, I just hate the way that contracts are done now, too, though. It's just so much... The way that Scott Boris just kind of plays these teams... Mm-hmm. I just kind of hate it. I, I I mean, you saw what happened at the winter meetings last year with the whole judge situation and all of that. And just, I don't know. It gets old seeing the way that these agents and teams have the dynamics that they do. I don't know if that makes any the sense at all. The fact that he gets to hold court right. at the GM meetings and the winter meetings. Right. And it's, a, it's like 200 reporters surrounding him. Yeah. It's a spectacle. It, it's the highlight of the week. Yeah. It's yeah. stupid. It just gets old seeing the fact that you have to really be able to, I don't know, like convince these agents in every way. And then agents are also telling players to, you know, to go shorter and shorter uh, with, with arbitration and not sign contracts early on so they can sign long contracts after they become a free agent after their sixth year. I don't know. All of this is just, it's changing very quickly, and I'm not sure I like it. Yeah. If that makes any sense. I don't think my point's very comprehensible, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope it made a little bit of sense. I think it made sense. Yeah. I, and I, I agree. I mean, it's, you got someone like, you know, Gunnar Henderson on your team and you're thinking this guy should be a career long Oriole and you just don't know because of the landscape of baseball right now. You just yeah, don't. Exactly. Right. I mean, very well the the advice that he gets is not going to be the advice that we would as Orioles fans would want to hear. No, no he, he he represents Gunnar Henderson and Jackson Holiday and we want both those guys to be extended, right? And they're not going to be. Yeah. And, and let me give an example to make my point a little more clear. If Cal Ripken, for example, had an agent like they have today out there, I think things would have probably been different. He might not have been an Oriole for his whole career. Guys yeah. don't play with teams for their full careers anymore, except for the older generation guys like Clinton Kershaw, Joey Votto, Adam Wainwright, those guys. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And, and and it sucks because right now you have some of the best some of the best young players in all of baseball. Right. And it's why you gotta strike while the iron's hot because Five, six years from now, those guys aren't going to be on your team anymore. Right. Like Juan Soto would have been a career national mm-hmm. if this was like 2005. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really believe that. Yeah. We got to catch a break. Um, <laughs> I want to remind you that today is, today's show is brought to you by PressBox's Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, Glenn Clark Radio is the definitive place to find the best daily discussion of Baltimore sports. Watch the show every weekday from 10 to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio with podcasts available on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You never know who might pop up on GCR. This week, the guys are joined by ESPN South 
Sal Palantonio, Raven Super Bowl 35 champions Jermaine Lewis and Anthony Mitchell, and Basketball Hall of Famer Spencer Haywood. You can find those interviews and the Tyus Bowser Show with special guest Justin Matabike in this week's Glenn Clark Radio Week in Review feature at PressBoxOnline.com. Uh, when we come back in, more with Ryan Blake and Orioles Banter. That's next on The Battle Round. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more in maryland you're welcome gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience but there are risks involved if you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer know your limit stay within it set a budget and a time to stop remember gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling for free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code PRESSBOX23. So bet with the best and use promo code PRESSBOX23 this football season with Superbook. Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Costas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 21st at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org.
Welcome back to the Bat Around Ryan Guest or Ryan Guest. Ryan Blake, our special <laughs> guest. I was going to say Ryan Guest, our special Blake. Ryan Blake, our special guest in studio today. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Orioles 40 man roster. They've got some players that they've got to add um, if they want to protect them from the Rule 5 draft. And it's no big names on here. Uh, Hudson Haskin. Uh, Gene Pinto, is it Gene or Jean? I'm going to say Gene Pinto. Yeah, sure. Ryan Watson, Kyle Brenovich, um, Zach Peake, and Trey McGuff. Is that how you pronounce the name, Ryan? Trey McGuff? McGuff. Yeah. McGuff. Um, Chicago, Illinois, 60652. Scruff McGruff, anybody? Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Haskin, he's a former second-round pick who has shown promise, but he struggled to stay on the field. Uh, Ryan Watson was the Orioles minor league pitcher of the year in 2022, but struggled in the full season of AAA in 2023. Pinto has only really ever experienced success as a professional. He boasts a, a case per nine for his career of 11 and allows less than a home run per nine in his career, 0.8. Um, Kyle Brenovich and Zach Peake pitched a combined 13 games in 2023 after each had Tommy John surgery. Trey McGuff only pitched in seven games in 2023, but he struck out 12 in seven games, covering nine innings in the Arizona Fall League, and he's an Arizona Fall League All-Star. Uh, the Orioles have two spots on their 40-man roster. If they only add two, I'd imagine that they would be Hudson Haskin and Jim Pinto. Um, I don't think that Ryan Watson would get snatched up. Um, and I think Team Pinto's arm is too intriguing, and he's had too much success in the minors. He's he's 23 years old, and he's only reached Double A to this point, despite the success. To me, H- Hudson Haskin, and he could be a prime fourth outfielder candidate. And Gene Pinto, those are the two guys I think they would add. Your thoughts? I agree with you completely. Uh, Haskin was really good last year until he got hurt. Mm-hmm. He he was he was making a, a case for himself to to crack the Orioles roster by the end of the season. Um, and Pinto, you know, 23, hasn't gotten past double-A. This stuff is too good. He, Like you said, he's had nothing but success. Mm-hmm. I would be <clears throat> I would be more worried that a team would snatch up Pinto than Watson. And I do really like Ryan Watson. Mm-hmm. I hope he sticks around. But if we're talking about, you know, protecting guys from being taken by another team for next to nothing, Pinto and Haskin are my guys there. Ryan, mm-hmm. you were completely frozen. Your camera has frozen, and it's not coming back. So, unfortunately, you're not getting on camera How for the rest of the show up? today. Well, I turned it off. Oh, I, I went man. back to the two shot, so you're not you're not All in right. there. And it's got it's like per, half purple. The screen is half purple, mm. and then just you, like your face on the upper half. So anyway, it's just, it's just your face. It's just your face. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I think Hudson Haskin is a good chance, just given the the high draft prowess, as Ryan just said. I think mm-hmm. that's going to be. I would say out of all of those guys, that's the guy I would I would expect, but I really don't know for the rest of them. I really have no clue. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it, the Orioles have surprised me in the past in this process, adding guys to the forty man. So I, mean, I I don't I honestly Connor don't know. Gillespie last year, right? Exactly. I, I, it, nobody expected you that. Never. There's going to be one surprise, maybe even two, of guys you never would have expected that are going to be there. Uh, Trey McGuff is, is is intriguing, um, but I I I don't. I don't know that he has enough that anybody would take a flyer on him and try and keep him on their roster all year. Um, I like Zach Peake and Kyle Brnovich, but they just haven't. They they there's coming off Tommy John surgery yeah. a year and a half ago. They each only they each have barely pitched. And like you said, Ryan Watson, I like him, but I mean Keegan Egan was once an Orioles minor league yeah. pitcher of the year. I you don't know? I don't think Ryan Watson's going to be I simply because who's going to take him in the Rule Five? The Orioles are going to view it that way. Yeah. I would really doubt someone takes him. And, and, and Pinto, AJ really thinks Pinto is going to be protected in the comments here. I guess, probably. But he doesn't show quite the promise that he did two years ago. 
Yeah, I would argue. That's fair, but there hasn't been a significant decline either. Yeah. No, I guess not. I think it's just adjustment periods. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he got up to double A this year and still pitched to a three seven ERA. You know, uh, the whip went up significantly, but I mean, he didn't. It's not like he was hit around. I mean, he wasn't batted around. Get it? The the, uh, uh. the, th- the thing with Pinto is, I'm not sure he would be taken, but I'd be too afraid to risk it. I just I think yeah. he's he's talented enough that. But I, is the team going to take him and keep them on the roster all year? I don't know. Yeah, I mean you. I mean, he, and he would have to pitch out of the bullpen. He's never even pitched in AAA. It's it's intriguing and, and and it's crazy because are any of these guys guys that you really care about if they do get taken? No. In the e- even Hudson Haskin, regardless of the second round status. Yeah. No. I Hudson Haskin always had the weird swing coming out of Tulane and mm-hmm. things were always a little bit off for him and it was like, okay, he's the super development guy where he has all these super raw tools. He could turn into something big down the road. I'm not sure he's been that guy. He's been okay. He's been no, he's been a really solid player. He just hasn't been on the field. He has 200 he's played 225 games in three professional seasons. You know, it, it He's got he's got to stay on the field, and that that's that's the biggest issue there. I would hate to lose him for nothing, but I wouldn't lose sleep over it. Pinto, the only reason I lose sleep is because I think he's a really good trade chip for them. I think he's had enough success, and the arm is intriguing enough that they can they can, if they put him in a package, it could be what pushes that package over the edge for the, for a piece that they're really trying to bring into this team. Yeah, I agree with that that's, completely. That's, that's very possible. Yeah. Um, now I want to move on a little bit to the Orioles, um, guys who. You're wondering what their future is with this team, right? And that's guys like, um, to a certain extent, Jordan Westberg, Connor Norby, Colton Kalzer, uh, Shintaro Fujinami, Joey Ortiz, guys like guys like that. Um, with Westberg, I'd like to see him play every day, right? What's his best position? Is he going to play second base? Is he going to play third base? He's not playing short. He may get a couple of starts at short, but Jackson Holiday, we know, is going to be here sooner rather than later. I I, yeah. I fully anticipate him being given every chance to start the year on the Orioles roster. Yeah. You know Gunnar Henderson is going to play short. So I think with Westberg, and with, with Holiday, he's either playing second or shortstop. He's not playing third base. He might like five times, right? Westberg, really good second baseman, good enough third baseman. Is he your everyday third baseman on this roster? Mm, that I don't. Dude, we have so many potentially potential stud infielders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That this conversation, like, I, I'm not saying we shouldn't have it, but like, it doesn't matter because it's going to work itself out. Yeah. Right. Um, I think Westberg, if Holiday does not break the team out of camp. I think Westberg's your everyday second baseman. And then if Holiday is in the picture, yeah, you slide him over to third and he's going to be sufficient over there. I mean, I mean, hot take. Uh, <laughs> I was actually having this discussion with my dad the other day that Westberg was good this year uh, and what he did at the major league level, but he didn't do anything specifically that made me go, wow, this guy's going to be a real star. He looked, he looked good and it was a short period of time and it's really hard to judge. But I think the info competition here is still very open, just very open. See, and here's my take on that because somebody else tried to say that too. And I, there are a number of players that are some of the best-known players in baseball now who, when they got their first cup of coffee, Westbrook's better than they were. Oh, and no doubt. It's only 68 games. That's yeah. not, it's not a lot. It's like Mike Trout, Jose Altuve, 
Alex Rodriguez, just to name a few off the top of my head, where their first cup of coffee was about the same as Westberg's, and Westberg is better in every way, shape, and form. Sure. So, uh, t- to me, 68 games for a guy getting his first taste of the major leagues isn't enough. What I've seen from him at every level that he's ever played at is he's a run producer, and he's a ball player. And I look at uh, if if Gunnar Henderson is um, Corey Seager, then Jordan Westberg's Trevor Story. That's how that's how I look at at Jordan Westberg. And I think like I posted uh, during the season at some point it was in August or September. I was like, we're gonna look up at the scoreboard in August of 2024, and Westberg's gonna be hitting like 275 with 23 homers and 75 RBIs, and we're gonna be like, holy crap! I did not know he was having that good of a year. I think that's the kind of hitter that he's always been. And from one level to the next, one year to the next, you see it. You I hope you're right. I'm going to be a little more conservative, though. I, 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 I'm, I wouldn't make those projections. I, I'll, I'll, I'll save you the trouble. I am right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> um, well, again, either of us could be right in this situation. No, it, and, and it could certainly be something in the middle, too. I have a, a, I a, a high level of belief in Jordan Westberg, um, I, I think he, I think he's uh, just a gritty, good ball player. He, he's very gritty. Yeah, um, Connor Norby, that dude just set a, 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 a Norfolk Tides record for hits in the season. Uh, that dude's a dude. I know you were looking at me for that. That dude's a dude. Um, hit two ninety. Tw- what was it? Twenty seven home runs after twenty nine the year before. Another guy who's he he just hits. He's a good hitter. Um, the defense got a little bit better this year, but he's a second base only guy. Um, is he a guy that is in this organization? Is he? And when we did this last year with different players, more valuable to the Orioles as an ever, as a player or as a trade piece? Are Are you saying he's a second base only guy because he hasn't been good in left field? Because he he did play a lot of left. From my, I, I could be completely he wrong. Play, he played twenty seven games in the outfield last okay. year. He played right. twenty six in left and one in right. Because I saw, I did see a couple highlights of him making some nice plays out in left field. Well, so maybe there's some potential there. That's another know. point. These guys are both good athletes. With Westberg and Norby, one of those guys could be moved to the outfield. Yeah. Right. So, and I think it would be more likely to be Norby than Westberg because Norby got a chance to play out there and play fairly well. Yeah. yeah. And Westberg's glove is really good at two different, th- basically three positions in the infield. I, I think Norby is a, the way I look at it, I, I want Norby to be a better hitter than Westberg. And that's where I'm kind of, I, that's where I am on them right now. I don't know if that'll end up being the case. Why? But I don't, I think Norby's got really, really, really good bat to ball skills. Mm-hmm. Everything I've seen out of him, his bat to ball skills are excellent. And I think there's a little bit of power there that he hasn't even tapped into yet. And that could certainly be the case for Westberg too. But Westberg is going to swing and miss a little bit more than Norby. And I yeah. just tend to like guys that are that are better bat to ball guys. I can agree with you on that. I think Westberg swings and misses at times. Where yeah. Fastball right down the middle, he swings right through. And you're like, how did you miss that? By the way, good news. Leaf truck is about to come pick up all these leaves. Just okay. like you said it would. Very cool. It's <laughs> uh, good hey, news. Hey, I'll save you the time. I'm right. You were right. You were right. I, uh, <laughs> it's a weird looking truck, though. I don't know. It's a leaf truck. Good stuff. They have like one of those big hoses that comes out of yeah, the truck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's um, going to suck them all up, grind rise, them up. Yeah, yeah. I do agree. I think that Norby's got the better overall bat, but I think the better overall player is Jordan Westberg. That's fair. And, he, and like you said, the defense is better, more versatile. Mm-hmm. Could certainly be the case. I think he's a little faster too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the re- the reason I think the Orioles started to play him in left field down in AAA a little bit last year is because they want him on this roster and they want him to have the the positional flexibility to be able to be in the lineup on a somewhat regular basis. And here's the thing: if his if Connor Norby's bat 
is I'm just, you know, thinking like a like a Brian Dozier. I hate Brian Dozier. I do too, as a person. <laughs> Why? What, what, what he, a Brian did oh, he, the, isn't the he bun- a guy that claimed that, that complained about someone bunting in Chance like the, Cisco. It was Chance Cisco. Yeah, Cisco bunted yeah, in the eighth that. inning of a one hitter. It was like game two of yeah. like twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah, probably. Jose Barrios had given up uh, one hit in eight innings, yeah. and apparently that means we're supposed to stop trying because it's a seven <laughs> right. nothing game. Right, dude. Uh, whatever. Um, yeah, no, I don't like Brian Dozier, but uh, Brian Dozier's bat when he was in his prime was money. He was one of the best offensive second baseman. I, I in like baseball. that comp. Yeah, and if Norby can continue to hit for power at the big league level, I think you have to find a place for him. Yeah, it's going to be hard though. Again, yeah, it's just it, it is, and that's why you said at the beginning of the segment that this conversation is really hard to have because it will work itself out, but probably not even in the way we think it will. Yeah, it's just it's a tough conversation. Joey Ortiz. I am so high on Joey Ortiz. I think his bat will play better at the big league level than a lot of people do. Um, I think he's got really quick hands. I think he's also got good uh, ability to find the barrel. And the defense is elite at second, short, and third. I have a hot take. Can I give a hot take? Yes. Joey Ortiz will have a higher career major league war than Jordan Westberg. Really? Yep. Hmm. Will he do it for the Baltimore Orioles? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I, see, see, funny thing is, I'm not incredibly high on on Ortiz either. I'm I'm way higher on Norby than I am Westberg and Ortiz personally. Well, I um, I'll save you the time. I'm right. No, <laughs> just kidding. Jeez. Um, no. D- d- the thing with Joey Ortiz is, I think he's the Orioles' biggest trade piece because I think he can start at shortstop for half the teams in Major League Baseball right now he could absolutely and i i think that he is 100 percent their biggest trade piece and i think that he in a package can bring you a lot i mean i again i do any one of these guys any one of the three we just talked about i'd be happy dealing if it gets you something of substance because here's, here's the thing with ortiz right gunner henderson's going to be your shortstop mm-hmm. and if it's not gunner henderson it's going to be jackson holiday ortiz his where his value would come into play is being a shortstop and I'm not say this isn't to say that he wouldn't be good at third base or second base or, or anywhere else, but let's say he you know is struggling with the bat. He's hitting like 210, getting on base like 270, right? Mm-hmm. Jorge Mateo type offensive numbers. He would be making up for it with the glove if he was playing shortstop, and I'm not sure he will be playing shortstop for the Orioles. I get that. I mean he he played he played 11, 14 games. And he played seven at second base, four at third base, three at shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles. He made zero errors at any position. In the minor leagues, I don't have. I was expecting it to pull up the minor leagues, and it did not. So I will fill some time here. Um, but in the minor leagues, I, I know that he's an elite defender everywhere, and I don't think that that's. So let's just look at twenty twenty three. He played. 69 games at shortstop. He had a 984 fielding percentage. Nine games at third base, 1,000 fielding percentage. Uh, 12 games at second base, and a 981 fielding percentage. He's an elite defender at all three positions. I'm not doubting that. I'm and, not, and he really. looks natural and smooth yeah. at, all, at all three positions. To me, I think that he should have the inside track, if he's with this team, at their, their utility spot. Because yeah. he can play everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this, though, and I, maybe you won't agree, but... Math shows, and just historically, you can look at it from a historical perspective. One of these guys is going to be a bust. Yeah, no, absolutely. It could maybe, be Jordan Westberg. Maybe two of them. Yeah, it's, no, it's th- very possible. That's true, and that that leads me to Colton Kowser. Yeah, he was hitting three thirty at AAA. He got called up. 
He had a, I think he had a base hit in his first game. Got, yeah. It walked a couple of times, and then he he, he just did not do anything. He no. struck out half of his at bats. Um, was not a productive hitter for them. And then he went down to AAA, and I don't know if it shook his confidence. His batting average dropped 30 points from when he got demoted back down to the end of the season. Now, he was really good in the playoffs for them, and was I think he was the MVP of the championship game. You know, I think a 460-foot grand slam over the center field batter's eye in the championship game. Yeah, he, he was, and maybe that gives him confidence, but I see bust written all over Colton Kowser. And, and it's the same thing that happened to him happened to Kyle Stowers. Where when he got a chance to play every day, he just struck out every every at bat. Yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, I don't want to call Colton Kowser a bust, but if any of these prospects is going to be a bust, I think it's going to be Kowser. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's way too early to say at this point that he is one, but you're you're not wrong. Yeah. I mean, he came up and he was bad. I mean, Ryan McKenna has torn up triple-A pitching over the course of his career. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And he is not a productive major leaguer most of the time. And yeah, I mean, I, I I can see some similarities there. I think I think there is some risk. I, honestly, I forgot about Kyle Stowers, which is weird because if yeah. you had asked me a year ago, I would have said that Stowers is the future left fielder for this team long term. Mm-hmm. We all would have. And and now it's you know, Kerstad's the most recent guy to get the cup of coffee. You got other guys working their way up. Uh, Kobe Mayo might end up being a corner outfielder. Where does Kowser fit in? I don't know. Yeah. First of all, yeah, Kyle Stowers never going to be. A player on this team, I don't believe that. Um, we thought Robert Newstrom was going to be a guy. Ro- Robert Newstrom, I, yeah, I was, Zach I, loved Robert. I, I, I liked Robert Newstrom. Robert Newstrom's numbers were actually really good for yeah. ending up getting released the year after he put up like a twenty-five home run season, which is very weird to me. But Dude, that rakes happened. in AAA and MLB the show, yeah. by the way. Yeah, and he yeah. never got a chance at the major league level. I would have liked to seen it, I mean, but he clearly, thirty. Yeah, it, it, the power was there though. The, it, a lot of power. Anyway, regardless. You could certainly be right. I'm definitely not going to jump to call anyone a bust yet after, what, like 30 major league games. But um, sure, I mean, it certainly could happen. Again, really any of these prospects they have. Besides, I I wouldn't think Jackson Holiday would be a bust, but you never know. Anybody could be. Anybody could be. be. But I think think at this point you give Kowser a fair shake. You know, see if, you know, he's done anything in the offseason that's maybe helped his focus or his, you know, his confidence. But I, I think with Kowser, you give him a legitimate run as a regular player. And if the end of April or the middle of May rolls around and you've got guys at AAA knocking on the door, maybe you say, all right, man, it, it's it's not working out. Send him back down. Maybe try to trade him. See if, you know. Yeah. Uh, Robert Newsom, by the way, never hit close to 25 home runs. He didn't? No, he hit 16. That was it? it? That's his hmm. minor his league career high. high. His minor league high in, was in 2021. Wow. He hit 16 with 83 RBIs, 258, 344, 446 slash line. And then in 2022, he hit 15 home runs, but that's the year he hit 231. He did not play anywhere last year. His last stat line is 2022-2023 yeah. in the Dominican Winter League when he slashed 188, 212, 219, 431. Yeah, 16 home runs, you're right. So, surprise, surprise, Zach, you were wrong. The OBP, though, 344, haha. Uh, the OBP at 344 is pretty good to end up I don't know. Just getting kind of well. They gave him an opportunity in 2022, and his OBP was 297. I guess, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. Newstrom is. It's not that interesting. He'll probably end up in the same. Jeez, I I should. I'm sorry. I brought up Robert. My God, (laughs) God. Um, I I think it's kind of a similar story to Kyle Stowers, though, in a lot of ways, where the power is there, the the swing and miss is probably really high. For I, I I can't say I watched Newstrom that much to know, but Kyle Stowers is a terrible swing. Just an yeah. awful swing. Probably like the biggest uppercut in the game. Yeah. And that just doesn't really get it done. Yeah. Um, 
Now let's talk about Kobe Mayo. He hit 290 between AA and AAA last year. 99 RBIs, 29 home runs, 45 doubles. I don't know that he breaks camp at the Orioles, but I think he plays a big role in this team this coming season. I, I, I think that that bat, like, I remember seeing him swing a bat for the first time professionally a few years back right after he got drafted, and I was like, oh my God, that swing's pretty. And it's strong, and it's fast. Like, his bat, his bat speed has got to be Alfonso Soriano levels. Dude, it, it's it's smooth as, as can be, but it looks like he's trying to cut down an oak tree. Mm-hmm. It's it's remarkable. I love yeah. Kobe Mayo's swing, and yeah, I, I think you know he, he got to AAA last year, hit well. I it's hard for me to envision a season in which we don't see Kobe Mayo at the big league level. However, yeah. to play devil's advocate a little bit, I thought that about uh, Connor Norby last year too. And I'm not saying that Connor Norby and and Kobe Mayo are similar players, and they are in a sense, but you know it's. When you have so many productive guys on the big league team, sometimes it's hard to find a role. And and maybe maybe Kobe Mayo doesn't really live up to it this year. I think he will. Out of all the prospects we just talked about, this is the guy I'm confident in. Kobe Mayo, I think, has big league all over him. Can all you, over him. Can you imagine if he and Kerstad realized that potential at the same time in the at the big league level? We, we talked about Mountcastle and Santander not being a 3-4, and they should be more like a 5-6. Mm-hmm. Those two at 5-6 with a fully a potential fully realized Mayo and Kerstad at 3-4, yeah. mm-hmm. that's a dangerous lineup. That's, yeah. pretty, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, Ooh. it'd be pretty. Amazing. I don't. I, I think it makes me. It gives me shivers, man. I don't. I don't want to think about it. I don't, Let's get excited it, over yeah, there. I, I'm a, a little excited. Yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, Shintaro Fujinami. Oh boy. Free agent. Got paid three million last year. Came to the Orioles, showed glimpses, but mostly sucked. Um, not pulling any punches here. I gotta imagine they're bringing him back. Bring him back. Do it, please. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got all on board for that. And I got him. I feel like him coming back. Is something that's going to be announced relatively soon. Yeah. Um. Like they they just signed what what's his name? Uh, Hutchinson. What what's his first name? Uh, who? No, not Hutchinson. Uh, or was it Hutch- T- David Tucker Davidson? Tucker Davidson. Hutchinson. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know why I'm thinking I'm thinking of Hutchinson for some Tucker Davidson. They signed him yesterday. Um. Elite splitter that he developed towards the end of the year. High ground ball rate. And I think that you're going to see something similar with Fujinami. I, I don't think they pay him less than what he made last year. But I, I I could see them bringing him back for about the same for yeah. for three million dollars. Um, I think the arm is too electric, and I think that if they get him in their baseball factory during the off season, that's somebody who could pay huge dividends for them next year. Tucker Davidson, though the numbers are horrific, and I guess if we're talking about Fujinami, the numbers are also horrific. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I'm all on board with Fujinami. I don't have a problem with that. Like he throws hard enough, the stuff's really good. I'd Give him half a season to see if he can figure it out. I'm yeah. good with that. Half a season. I think another factor with Fuji is he loves it here too. At least yeah. he, he seems to, and yeah. the and his teammates love him as well. I mean the the relationship that he had, especially with guys like Danny Coulomb, where yeah. like each day they would swap an English and Japanese word to learn. It's that's great, and it's a lot of it's interesting. A lot of Japanese players that come over from playing in that league tend to like the West Coast better. For mm-hmm. some reason, I'm not entirely sure why. It, because but it's close. To cl- Japan. I guess it's closer to it's Japan. Like a, yeah. It's like a six-hour flight. Or that's whatever. it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um, no, it's got to be longer than that because it's like five hours from California to Hawaii. Yeah. I don't know. 
It's not that far. It's not. It's not super far. But it it makes sense that they would like that side of the U.S. better. But uh, he certainly seemed to love Baltimore, and you saw him being kind of the life of the party in the the playoff celebrations the Orioles had. So Mm -hmm. I I think just on on that fact, you can bring him back and be like, let's give this guy another shot. And I love how he's brought in to pitch in important situations the day after these huge celebrations. Right. Both times. Yeah. Both times, and he's just pitching. Hungover as hell. By the way, speaking of uh, Orioles hangovers, the the Cavender Twins podcast. Do you remember when Adley Rutschman went on that and he was like, "I've never drank in my life." <laughs> no, he, he claimed that he had never drank. When was that? I, this was like a month ago, probably. Oh come on, Adley. Yeah, it it, it, it was it had to have been said tongue in cheek. It, it probably was, but they were like, "Oh, how do you?" Uh, they asked him like, "How do you cure hangovers before games or something?" And he was like, "I've never drank in my life." Oh, one hundred percent joke. One hundred percent joke. I, I don't know. And then people, so in, people in the comment section were just posting that picture of him sitting there the day after he was, uh, you know, the the Orioles had yeah. clinched the playoffs. And he was sitting there with his hood up, yeah, just looking. Dead. Oh, my camera doesn't work. Just <laughs> your, the... your camera doesn't work. I'm sorry. Well. Yeah, the dead stare. The dead stare. It's yeah. a good recreation. We can see it at least. Uh, we got to catch a break here. Um, today's show, we um, not sure. I guess it's brought to you by Veterans Day. <laughs> yeah, that already, Paul. As, as, as we celebrate Veterans Day this weekend, Towson University is hosting a huge celebration tomorrow, starting at 10 a.m. The event is geared towards vets, with guest speakers and workshops geared towards veterans' issues, plus veteran vendors, job opportunities, and service opportunities for the veteran community. But the whole day is a family-friendly celebration with live music, a DJ, a family fun zone, and free food from Mission Barbecue, plus a Ravens-Browns game watch party. And Glenn Clark, Ken Zalis, and Femi Iambadejo live from pro- live for Project Game Day after the game. The entire event is free for everyone, whether you've served or not, but we encourage you to invite any veteran you know. Come out, connect with the community, have a ton of fun, and meet a Super Bowl champion. Join us at Towson's University Union tomorrow between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Zach Goodman's old hangout. And happy Veterans Obviously. Day to all who have served. When we come back in, we'll close things out here on the Bataround. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita 
and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Ties Bowser show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 a fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show, a partnership of Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 21st at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs Programs around the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Place to be after this in every Ravens game this season is Press Box's Project Game Day. Glenn Clark, Rita Hubbard, and former Ravens Super Bowl pick Femi Ayambadejo will react live to every game, offering their truly uncensored opinions about the team's decisions and results in each game. Plus, they'll be joined by other special guests during the year, and you can chime in live during each show as well. Watch the shows live at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports and check Glenn Clark Radio or the NFL Chick on Twitter for a Zoom link that will allow you to be a part of the show. So join Glenn, Rita, and Femi tomorrow for Ravens-Browns tomorrow and every game day this season. You put tomorrow twice. Project Game Day is brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Veterans, no, I'm just kidding. We'll, 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 <laughs> we'll save that one for a little we'll, bit. We'll, we'll, we'll save that one for later. Um, yeah, apparently Zach just thinks I have a big Ravens fan. There, a- there is someone on Twitter. We were having this discussion like three weeks ago in here, and you said, I'm rela- I, I brought up a guy on Twitter, and you said, oh, I'm related to that guy. He's one of my in-laws in some way, shape, or form. I swear this happened. Like, I'm 99% sure. Oh, are you talking about the guy that... Um, no, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, uh, um, my father-in-law and my brother-in-law are on Twitter. Father, son, 
duo. Okay. Um, but neither one of them posts very often. Every now and no, again, I, I see my father-in-law like one of my posts. I don't, but think, I don't think I'm talking about them. I don't know. We'll yeah. figure it out. We'll figure it out. No, I, I, It's going to be my main mission this I, week. I, just to figure I, it out. I know exactly what it is, and I'm not going to say it on there. Oh. Okay. I know exactly what it is. I don't. Um, yeah, so <laughs> it's no no secret that this is the end of the battle round. Um, it's heartbreaking um, because it's something that we put a lot of time, effort, and energy into, and it's something that we love doing. All three of us love doing it. That's why we're all three sitting here right now. And um, But it, it, it came to a situation, and, and, and full disclosure, I had asked Ryan if he would have any interest in filling Zach's shoes. He was the only person that I really thought could have the same dynamic and rapport and chemistry on the show that Zach and I have. And when Ryan said no, and full disclosure, I knew Ryan was going to say no. I knew you were going to say no. Um, because it's asking you to take four hours out of your Saturday morning um, to come do a show and learn how to produce a show. And it's it's one of those things where I probably wouldn't have wanted to do it either. You know, um, I could not wait for Zach to learn how to produce so I could stop doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, like... I knew, but I didn't want to not ask you because if I was going to keep the show going, I'd only do it if Ryan could have been my my new producer. Um, and feel so, bad now. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, don't don't feel bad because the no, next I, the next point I'm making is that it's the the timing's right. Yes, you know, I, I've 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 got a new career that's gaining a lot more traction, and I've got to put all my effort into that. Yeah, I but more than that. I've got a daughter on the way. And, you know, my wife has a job that makes her have to work every other weekend. Yeah. Um, and it's 12-hour shifts where she gets up at 5.45 in the morning and doesn't get home till 8.15 at night, right. sometimes 8.30. And I have to be a dad. I get to be a dad. I want to be a dad. Um, the fact that I'm still going to be able to do this show on a Saturday morning remotely is awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, but there's still... Stuff that goes into that where when my daughter's here and my wife's working, somebody's got to watch my daughter for the half hour to an hour that I'm doing this show. Yeah. You know, and the, the timing it, for my personal life, like the Orioles were my first love and my first passion. You know, playing baseball, talking about baseball, being around baseball is something I've always dreamt of and always wanted to do. Uh, my bigger dreams now are coming true right before my very eyes. Having a wife, having a child, you know, having a career that I'm proud of, it's all happening before my eyes. And it's an opportunity now for me to take a step back and do the things that you have to prioritize in life. So for me, as sad as it is um, to step away from the show as it currently stands, I get to step away for something far greater. And that's, that's what's most important to me. So neither one of you should feel bad. Because this is something that probably needed to happen anyway, and if we had stuck with doing the show, it would take away from the things that I need to do, that I get to do, that I want to do. Undoubtedly, yeah. So it's um, well, it's I, bitter. It's bittersweet. Yeah. At the end of the day, uh, nothing lasts forever, and you can only do something for so long before uh, you you have other commitments that take priority. So um, you know, as great of a, a four seasons it's been, and and we'll we'll all miss all of the show and, and everything we've did, we did and the, all the great guests we've interviewed, um, all great things come to an end at a point. Yeah. Ryan, but uh, yeah. luckily, like I said, you're still going to be, a, you're still going to be here with us on Saturday. So that's yeah. good. Yeah. It's, it's nice to hear that you'll certainly still be involved in some capacity. Um, you know, I, I can't tell you how much I truly appreciate a, you guys always thinking of me when you need someone to fill in for you and B, 
to put that confidence in me that if this show is to continue, I'm the guy you wanted sitting in that seat. Mm-hmm. It means the world to me. It truly does. Um, but you know, you're you're like you said, focusing on things that you really have to do. And I I get that completely. You know, I I just moved into a house. I started a new job a few months ago. I'm getting married in June. I, we're gonna want to have kids shortly after that. And that's what's not not to undermine stuff like this, but that's what's truly important in life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I don't fault you at all for, um, you know, I know, and I know you're, you're moving on to bigger and better too. So I, I, I don't fault you for that. I, I appreciate that you're able to look at it from that context where it's not, you know, this isn't the end of the world. This isn't ending because you, because it has to, it's ending because you kind of are going a different route. And that's, I think that's okay. Um, but you know, it's, it's clear that you both care so much about the show. You've, you've put your heart and souls into it. Um, it's, it's always an honor for me to be able to come in and fill in and I can see the effort that goes in from both of you and the, the true love that you both have for talking about the Orioles and the Ravens. And it's, it's really special. So, it, you know, on, on that token, it's sad to see the show end in this capacity, but on the other, I think you both should be immensely proud of what you've done. Yeah. I, I you know, it's, it's funny. Um, you almost take it for granted. Like, like it became routine. Saturday mornings, we're in here, we're doing this show. We yeah. did it. We did it for four seasons, yeah. and it um, y- you don't realize, and I didn't really realize how successful we've been with this show until yeah. I told I told Dan Conley. I tried to get him on last week's show, and he just couldn't make it work. Um, I told him the show's coming to an end after four seasons, and he said, first and foremost, you should be damn proud of yourself." that you lasted four years. That's a long time, and most people can't do that. Yeah. And when he, when, when Dan Connolly said that to me, I had to take a step back and be like, he's he's not wrong. Most podcasts, I think, last 11 episodes. Because commitment's tough. Yeah. Commitment yeah. is really tough. And to be able to, and this is all to your credit, and certain, not nearly as much mine at all, of being able to come up with fresh ideas, especially throughout an offseason that doesn't really provide much news, especially mm-hmm. on the Orioles' end. There just isn't much going on. It amazed me every week how you could come in here with something fresh to talk about and make it an interesting show for two and a half hours. Maybe that's it, that's an amazing thing. And, uh, you know, I again, I, I didn't really write the shows in the, in the capacity you did other than when Ryan and I were, were together. But um, that is an amazing thing. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, 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 I When you care about something, like it, it's when what do they say when you do what you love, it's not work. It was work. <laughs> yeah, it, it was work. Let's be uh, honest. The payoff pr- pitch around the league—that's work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The payoff pitch around the league is work. Coming up with with shows that don't go stale in the off season. Yeah. Coming up with shows for three and a half months while they were locked out. Yeah, that was some of the hardest shows we've had to do. I remember writing ones for when Ryan and I were, were together, and I would I would go. I don't know how in the world he does this because I can't come up with questions for the guests. Like I just don't know what to say other than what we said twenty minutes ago. We're mm-hmm. talking about you know talking amongst ourselves, so it, it's, it's a tough thing to do. It's 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 not easy, but you do it because you love it. And I'll yeah. tell you, doing the show, hosting the show, I love this. Yes, I love this. Yep. The preparation, I hate it. I hate the preparation yeah. because during the off season, it's it's you know behind the curtain, it's a little bit easier because you can write the show throughout the week. Right. Because nothing's going on, you can, and if something happens, it doesn't matter when it happens, as long as it happens before Saturday morning. You can you can put it into the show. Right during the regular season, you really can't do the show until Friday night. 
Yeah. And you really can't do the show until after the game is over on a Friday night. So if they're playing at 7 o'clock and the game's over at 9.30 or they're on the West Coast or there's a rain delay, I can't tell you how many times I was up till 3 o'clock in the morning writing this show. Yeah. And the payoff pitch around the league, not only giving you the scores but coming up with a tidbit of for each game, that sucked, dude. It was it was the worst part <laughs> of the show. But, but I... I I did it because it, I, I wanted to, and I knew that when I got in here, it would pay off. It's, I knew, a, it's informative, and, it, and yeah. it's, it's a good thing to do. It's, no putting, that show, putting the show together, the preparation, awful, but the, but the results every Saturday is something I'm really proud of, yeah. so, and I, something I think we should all be proud of. And Paul, as Ryan said, uh, thank you for the opportunity to be here yeah, for, for four days. Uh, for four days. Four, four days. It's <laughs> 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 not uh, like you're thanking four, Glenn at the end of geez. every week. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> going off over there. Uh, four years, and you know, it, putting the trust in me to to Bruce's this show and, and giving me a platform to actually talk about my ideas. I love to talk. Who doesn't? So, um, being able to come on here and just say what I think about a number of topics, baseball related, football related, it's 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 definitely something I will miss, and I won't have the chance to do anymore. So, um, that is something I do truly appreciate. Oh, I'm, it was a pleasure, man. I appreciate the friendship we've grown because of this show. No doubt. Ryan, you, it looked like you had something to say. <laughs> I, well, I, I don't want to ruin the, the vibes that are going on. Does your phone bend in half? Yeah, it's a Galaxy Z Flip. Yeah, I effing hate huh. it. Okay. See, here's the All problem. Right. Paul broke one. Well, not Paul broke one of those. It broke itself. And then they just gave him a new one. Oh, yeah. Nice. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want a new one. I, I right. watched it bleed out internally right in yeah. front of me. It was very sad. This is the day we... Didn't we play golf together on that day? When no, it bled it, out? Or was it like the week before or something? It know. was on a Friday. It was a, okay. It was on a Friday right before I had to do this show the next day. God, that's what it was. Okay. Can the three of us go play golf at some point? Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I didn't I mean, know you played. I didn't know yeah, you played on occasion. Okay. I'm not, I mean, I'm not great. Nice. Okay. Neither one hmm. of us are great. Zach, for some reason, has this expectation that he deserves <laughs> a hole-in-one. Like, <laughs> at some point, I'll get he, one. He got... A, I've been playing my entire life. I've never had one. He got he put a ball four feet from the cup. He took a picture of it, sent it to me, and said, with the caption saying, "Oh no, I'll not, not, I'll, four I'll, feet is a huge exaggeration. It was four feet. It was not four it, feet." He said, "I'll never no. get a hole." I still have the picture on my it, phone. It, I'll, it, I'll show it to him after the. It after was the show. not four feet. It was like four feet from the cup. Okay. And he said, "I'll never get a hole." I'm like, "You say that like it's an expectation." It, it was. Yeah. It was. It was less than two feet. No, it wasn't less than two my, feet. My 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 um my. Uncle Mike, terrible golfer, has two hole ones. That's absurd. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, my uncle has three of them, actually. I hit uh, the but I hit the pin once. I never will again. Yeah. Well, I've I've <laughs> I've Zach was actually playing with me when I was the first time I ever swung my brand new seven iron. We were playing at Geneva, uh, not this past year, but the year before. It was in March, and from 177 yards out on the par five twelfth hole, I drained it. Yeah. Uh, wow. For for an eagle. Yeah, that's the Very only nice. thing that's even remotely close to. I mean, I've put balls like ten inches from the cup, stuff like that. But I didn't send up somebody a picture saying I'll never get a hole in one. <laughs> well, <it's, laughs> I, I'm getting destroyed on the show, Ryan. I, I, I don't it's, know. It's been a, a I don't, tough morning. There's some <laughs> there's some animosity from the other side of the table. Exactly. He's breathing fire. Anyway, but <sighs> two two times recently, so the time I played with you, I shot nine over, and then recently I went out and I shot nine over. So if that could become more and more of a pattern, I'd be happy with that. You said none of you guys are good. He's out here shooting nine over par. <laughs> it's only I, been the, twice. The, the first time that he did it, he was he had never beaten me. Yeah. And then we went out and played at the wetlands, mm -hmm. and I had just shot an eighty four, and then I went out to play with him on a Sunday, and he shot, <laughs> he shot an eighty one. 
No, he I shot, shot. I shot an eighty because the par was seventy one. Oh yeah, he shot an eighty, and yeah. I shot like a ninety three, and I was so upset about it. <laughs> I was like, "This mf has been playing golf for two years, and he's out here shooting an 80. Yeah, and and I I, I sabotaged him. <laughs> I did it. We, I, I, as soon as I did it, I was like, "Why did I say that to him?" I think it was subconsciously like I did it intentionally. We were going to the seventeenth hole, and if all he had to do was go bogey, bogey, and he would have yeah. shot a seventy-nine. Yeah. And I told him that, knowing full well that he was probably that it was going to get in his head. Yeah. yeah. And then, sure enough, he went bogey, double bogey. Yeah. The the seventeenth hole wasn't like a complete disaster. Like it was okay. I had a really bad tee shot and was able to save it mm-hmm. and, and make bogey. The 18th hole was a freaking his, disaster. His drive went in the water. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he took a six. Yeah. And, like, he had, like, a 12-foot putt to save the bogey. No, never and, was going to make that. And he missed it by a good bit. Never was going to make uh, that. One of the worst putters I've ever seen, to be perfectly honest. Okay. With you. you haven't gone he's golfing got, with me yet. He's gotten better, though. Listen, you, if, if I'm one of the worst putters you haven't seen, you've ever seen, I'm not going to shoot 80. I mean, th- frankly, that's the truth. And and, and second of no, all... I just said you've gotten better. but the, the A other, lot better. The, the it's other it's thing not is, even close. You the, can't even compare you know, three years ago. The which reason was, that you shot an 80 mm-hmm. is because I've never seen you put so many shots within... You were on a regulation a lot, and you put a lot yeah. of shots within eight feet of the cup. Okay, well... That, that, What's your point? The, the point is <laughs> you, you, you don't have to be a great putter yeah, that, that's, to, save, that's to save par from eight feet. I, so I, when I played last time, and uh, I was playing with a coworker who I've never played with before, and apparently he counts putts, so he was doing the scoring. And I said, okay, I, I'll let you count my putts. I had 16 on the front nine, 15 on the back nine. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's not bad. You, you are a significantly better putter. Yeah. I, 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 In the my, beginning, it was really bad. Yeah, it was... He was on a par four at Fox Hollow in one. Yeah. And it was on the back of the green. And he, he had like 60 feet. Yeah. And I'm th- pretty sure he five putt. No. It was, it, was, it, was my fir- it was actually one of my first pars ever. No, I, you, I, di- you definitely didn't par the hole. You bogeyed it. Oh, I know I parred the hole. Did you? Yeah, I know I parred that hole. I, I, that that I did not play well that day. Believe me, it was, I had been playing golf for only about a month and a half yeah. when we played there, and I drove the par four and one, and I three putted it from. Yeah, it was probably less than sixty feet. It was really bad. Yeah, it was. It was it, really bad. The, the the first putt was nowhere close to the hole. Yeah, it was the yeah. right distance, but it was nowhere <laughs> close to the hole. Yeah. Anyway, we do have. I don't want to. I don't want to end the show before we do sounding off with Zach Goodman. Zachary Allen Goodman. I almost forgot to call you that on our last show. So we're going to try and do this really quickly. Zach has a segment. Um, uh, you wanted to do way too early MLB predictions? Yeah, just for, for the three of us, let's all talk about who we, who we think is going to be in the World Series in 2024. Uh, 2024. If you ask prognosticators, they think the Yankees have a better shot of being there than the <laughs> Orioles do. That's funny. But I will, I'll go last. I'll let, uh, okay. Zach, I'll let you go first. Uh, I'm going to pick, wow, I'm going to pick the Braves on the National League side. I think the Braves are are bound for (coughs) not blowing it in the playoffs early on. And I got to do it. I got to pick the Orioles. I'm going Braves and Orioles World Series in 2024. Ryan. That was going to be my pick. (laughs) Um, That was going to be mine too. Oh, nice. (laughs) All right, Braves and Orioles. Braves and Orioles. All right. I, I, I. all the around. Braves, the Braves are too good, and they've been eliminated. Yeah. They're fourteen and sixteen game division advantage against the Phillies each of the last two years, and they've been eliminated by the Phillies. The Braves are the best team in baseball. Yeah, and they craft the bed each of the last two years. They'll they they'll right the ship next year and get back to the World Series. The Orioles, hundred and one wins, and their team's gonna be better next year. And I think that they have that nasty taste in their mouth from having to watch another team celebrate right in front of them. Orioles are going to the World Series next year. 
Okay. Love it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I think the Braves are, are prime for a comeback. I, yeah. They they don't lose the way they did in the playoffs this year very often. Yeah. So they really did not play well. Unless the Dodgers get Shohei Otani. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, they could. But to close things out, I want to remind you, as we celebrate Veterans Day this weekend, Towson University is hosting a huge celebration tomorrow. Celebration, it says. Celebration tomorrow starting at 10 a.m. The event is geared towards... There's no A in there. The event you, you is geared. Have to stop reading. The uh, show. Yes, I did. The event is geared towards vets with guest speakers and workshops geared towards veteran issues. Plus, veteran vendors, job opportunities, and service opportunities for the veteran community. But the whole day is a family-friendly celebration with live music, a DJ, a family fun zone, and free food from Mission Barbecue. That's awesome. Plus, a Ravens-Browns game watch party and Glenn Clark, Ken Zalas, and Femi Ayambadejo live for Project Game Day after the game. The entire event is free for everyone, whether you've served or not, but we encourage you to invite any veteran you know. Come out, connect with the community, and have a ton of fun and meet a Super Bowl champion. Join us at Towson University's Union tomorrow between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. And happy Veterans Day to all who have served. Thank you to Stan the Fan Charles for his weekly segment and for the opportunity to host this show in his stead for the last four years. Thank you to all of our sponsors, all of you who have sponsored this show for the last four years. Some have come and gone, some have stayed. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, And thank you to all of our loyal fans and listeners. While I'm not going away, this show is done in its current format. Thank you for your loyalty, for sticking with us. Guys like AJ who uh, tuned in every week. And by the way, AJ, for you, Trevor Bauer would be a nice signing for the Orioles, but where there's smoke, there's fire. And maybe he's been vindicated from that first thing, but there's like three or four other cases out there against him right now, or allegations, we'll say, from other women. In those situations where there's smoke, there's fire. And that's why I don't think, nor do I want the Orioles to take uh, a chance on a guy like him. And that's all the time I'm willing to give to Trevor Bauer. But thank you for your loyalty. Thank you to all the fans and all of our guests, past and present, for joining us on the show every Saturday for the last four seasons. We will greatly, greatly miss you. Uh, It's not goodbye. It's just see you later. See ya.